And good morning, it is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn, he is Griffin. A lot to do on the program today, coming up a little bit later on. Y'all got whipped up into a frenzy by Mike Florio yesterday, so we're going to let him come on and sort of explain. Really, I just want to get to the bottom of the wording of this, because as I said to you on yesterday's show and maintained throughout the day, I think you guys got way too worked up by it. I don't think there's anything in Mike Florio's report that is nearly as bombastic as you all believe there was. Lamar Jackson's ready to move on. Again, if you're going to listen to offers from someone, you have to be ready to move on. That doesn't mean you're hell-bent on moving on. That means you want a certain dollar amount, and if they're willing to pay it, you're willing to play for them. But we'll get to the bottom of it. Florio will join us a little bit later on. Uh, Also this morning, this is very special for me. As you know, I went to Perry Hall High School, class of 01. And we're going to talk to a Perry Hall alum this morning, Anthony Walker, who is a reserve forward for the University of Miami, getting ready to take on Houston in the Sweet 16. We'll catch up with Anthony Walker a little bit later on. Griffin, when you make a phone call, remember to hit mute on your mic. Thank you, sir. It's been an issue a little bit but we will catch up with Anthony Walker. Chomp, 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 chomp. Go Gators. Looking forward to that. And I'll be rooting for him the rest of the tournament. So that's coming up a little bit later on. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. So unfortunately, last week, I didn't get the opportunity to hang out with uh, our first guest over on 105.7 The Fan. And sadly, again, this week, it will not occur as uh, we're off in lieu of the NCAA tournament. So I figured, what the hell, we'll have her come over here. And since she's here, I'm going to allow her to be the first ever guest setter of the Lamarometer. Huge honor. I have no doubt this is the moment that she's been waiting for in her professional career. She is my partner and our friend, the NFL chick, or anymore, the WBC chick, Sarita Hubbard. And she's with us now here on GCR. Rita, what's going on, friend? How are you? I'm excited for the uh, to be a participant of the Lamar yeah. Wheel. I am. I am never. I have no control over it today. You get to set the Lamar meter. The number is yours, and I have to live with it. That's the way that it goes. Let let me let me let me start by having the conversation that I was having yesterday. Right. Okay. Cool. I believe that everybody whipped themselves up into a frenzy over this report that Mike Florio put out yesterday, and I think it's a massive nothing burger. Like I, think, I completely, I agree. Yeah, I think if you're Lamar Jackson and you want a contract, you have to be ready to move on to another team. What I don't think that report said was <laughs> Lamar Jackson is hell bent on leaving Baltimore, or has decided he never wants to play for Baltimore again, or anything along those lines. If you're talking to another team, you um, just imagine that team saying, "Hey, you're ready. Like you're actually willing to leave Baltimore, right?" And you'd be like, "No, I really just want you to put an offer out there so I can take it back to the Ravens. I'm I'm not gonna leave. Like uh, imagine that." What was he supposed to say? And what is he supposed to say if he's trying to get a team to put in an offer, whether it's true or not? Right? 
if he's trying to get a team to put in an offer, because remember the Ravens gave them the, the non-exclusive tag so the market could set for him, and nobody's doing that, then what is he supposed to say to get someone to put in an offer sheet? So, I mean, I, it's funny because I did respond to it. And the thing, though, Glenn, is, like, I have to stop responding to things when I see them immediately, and I have to allow myself to give it some thought because okay. usually I think – usually what I say when I first read things and how I think about it maybe 30 minutes later once sure. I start thinking about the context – changes right because yeah. i did i said if he wants to leave then i don't see the point in and and, and keeping and, and keeping somebody hostage i mean don't get me wrong right, and, i do agree with the logic yeah and right? read it to be clear if that's what it is and, and florio is going to join us later on in the show if yeah if he really is saying i want out right like if if he said then i would be in agreement with you like what are we doing here let's just get on with yeah. it i just don't think yeah. we, that what we saw yesterday should give us any reason to believe that that's actually the case. Like, if that was right. what he was saying, I think that report would be out. If Lamar's represent, you know, whoever this person is, was saying to teams, Lamar's not going to play for the Ravens ever again, he wants out, then I'm pretty sure that would have been what would have leaked to Mike Florio, and that would have been what he would have reported yesterday. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But also, too, right, doesn't you find it weird that, um, like, these teams are snitching, too? Like, what's going on here? I swear all of this is so different that I've never, like, heard before. So, like, who out here telling, uh, you know, Florio and them what's going on in terms of, like, how they're approaching teams and, and, and such? Because I don't remember hearing stuff like this previously. But, you know, maybe this I, is what happens when, maybe when I didn't you don't care have much, Right? Maybe I didn't care as much because it didn't affect us in the past. Like, maybe, maybe but... I, Mm, maybe, but you. But also that usually people have representation to yes, say these things, no doubt, right? So, no doubt. so maybe that's the difference. I don't know. I, it's just very uh, weird to me that this has all been said. But I agree with you. I mean, I mean, I think that I think you have to try to talk nice to teams to try to put in an offer sheet. I think that that's what you have to say in order for them to do that. At, so. at, to your point, the, the, the scenario you pointed out where he could be flat out lying, it might very well still be. It There is still a context that could be there that he doesn't want to leave Baltimore, but just desperately needs to get an offer sheet so that the Ravens can match it. Yeah. And in order yeah. to do that, you got to make a team believe because as we pointed out, one of the problems in this process is the teams looking at what the Ravens have done with the camp and saying, why would we waste our time putting an offer sheet in, they're just going to match it anyway. Like, what are yep. we doing? We're not going to get involved. So if you're Lamar Jackson, how do you get that process rolling other than to say, dude, trust me, I would be willing to go play for you. I, I It's nuts to me. It's nuts to me, Rita. All right, so yeah. you, uh, you know what we're doing over here. I've reached that silly part of the year where this is what we have going on, where every tiny morsel, this report from Stephen Holder yesterday that the Colts – uh, have not ruled out going after Lamar Jackson. Everything works into the equation, and every day I am updating my percentage belief that Lamar Jackson will be the Ravens' week one starting quarterback in 2023. And that is important because, as I pointed out to a few people, there could still to be a scenario where Lamar holds out and like purposely holds out into the start of the season if he's really trying to make some sort of significant point about the franchise tag but I don't I have no idea because again we're still we're still waiting to hear from him and maybe we'll, that interview with himself will drop any moment now 
Um, Rita, you get control of the meter today. I had it yesterday at 66%. It dipped a little bit because of the Colts thing, admittedly. I said, you know, the idea that there could really be a team that still thinks that they'd be willing to do this and the fact that they have the number four overall pick and maybe the Ravens say, okay, yeah, we'll let you walk if we're getting the number four overall pick out of it and we can draft a quarterback. That was enough for me to dip the number down a little bit to 66%. You have Mm -hmm. full control over the meter. I mean, if you go to 2%, that's where the meter goes, Rita. You get – I cannot overrule this. It is your meter today. Where do you see the Lamar meter on this uh, 22nd day of March 2023? All right, so I will move it – you said 66? That's where I was yesterday, yep, 66. I am just going to move it down one notch to 65 okay. because you know, nobody, it's always better to do the either have things round or things by five. So um, I'm going to move it once to 65 uh, because I don't think that there's, I, I, you know, you already have it at 66. I don't really think that what we heard yesterday, and now this would have been an interesting conversation had Florio come on first and mm-hmm. I heard what he had to mm-hmm. say, and then because mm-hmm. it, 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 it could change, right? Mm-hmm. But if nothing changes from his report, I'd say 65%. All right. That's, that's where, I mean, I, I still think that there's a very high chance that Lamar is still a Baltimore Raven. Um, in 2023, 65% nowadays, not like the times that you and I were in school, is passing. So, <laughs> barely, but um, it's barely now, but it's for, passing. For the record, I would have dipped it to 63 today. That's where I would have gone okay. if I had been in control. So, it, it's basically, essentially the same thing, right? Like, I would okay. have dipped it just enough because every day I'm getting more of that feeling of what is Lamar trying to do here at this point? Like, I am getting more... Well, we're going to find out, right? Uh, we got to find out when he puts this video out, whatever that is. I hope he redoes this, by if, the way. If but. he even addresses that, right? Like, I totally think that, this... Yeah. I think this could end up being just as much of a nothing burger as anything. I think this could end up being, like, a favor to his friend that wants to get attention on social media or wants to get views for their YouTube page or whatever, where, like, the teaser was about Marty Morningweg. Who gives a flying F about Marty Morningweg in 2019? I can't believe that that was the teaser that they put out of this interview with Lamar Jackson, is him talking about Marty Morningweg. But, Glenn, that was his production company. It's not his friends. This is him. It's his stuff, LJ Entertainment. I hear you, but I assume that that's, like, who this is. I assume that LJ Entertainment is just him and his friends and his family. Like, I... I don't think he hired well, professionals. It looked like it. I, it, it. Well, clearly it wasn't professional, right. so there's that. But right. um, I don't even want to go there because I, I went off. We went in on it on the podcast today. That's coming out today. But um, ultimately, it, yeah, you're right. It could be um, that that that's who that is. I mean, that's who who offered it. Now I said that on the podcast too. Like I don't know what good comes from doing this, but I also feel like that they, it's probably going to be nothing. I mean, unless he comes out and, and officially says, I am seeking a trade from the Baltimore Ravens, then obviously that's a huge bomb that's yes, going to be dropped. Correct, but, correct. I, but, I mean, when you're trying to get other teams to at the very least court you, I don't know what you could say on a, you know, a video to, um, sound, uh, to 
be more attractive than what it is that we know about you as a, a player and as right. a person. Right. Um, so there's that part. And then, you know, at, depending on what you say in terms of the Ravens, I'm sure other teams are looking at that too. Like, dang, if that's how he's going to talk about them, then what's, what's, what's going to happen if he comes over here? Well, to me, the, right? the, the part, so, and it's the, the most fascinating part to me at this point, Rita, is the part where how far are you willing to go with this? Because, and I wrote this the other day. I can absolutely understand as a man, it, whether it's collusion or not, even if you want to say it's just about, hey, no other team wants to put an offer in because they just know the Ravens are going to match it. Do you do you feel like, well, you know what, you guys won, you got one over on me, you prevented me from going out, and you just say, okay, I'll sign with you now for whatever number you want? I I can understand as a man why that would be a difficult thing for anybody to do. Be damned your relationship with the NFLPA. Be damned anything else. That you feel like mm-hmm. you didn't get a fair shake in the process, that you didn't get the opportunity that you thought you were getting when the Ravens said, go out and see what your market is and come back to us and we'll match it. Well, it, the way you set up your cap, announce to everybody else, don't put an offer in, then I, I don't feel like I got that opportunity. I don't feel like I got the chance, and I feel like you kind of got one over on me, and I don't know that I can just be cool with that and come back and be like, all right, well... I'll just take whatever it is that you're willing to give me. I do get that there could be a level of awkwardness, but how far are you willing to go with that? Are you willing to sit out the year? Are you willing to, you know, play on the tag but not show up until late and tell them I will never sign with you in free agency again? Like, I that's the part that's interesting. But to your point, I, I don't think he's going to say it because he doesn't want to be viewed a certain way by all of yep. the teams that could be in the market for his services. Yeah, but my thing is, is that, yeah, you okay, you feel that way about the Ravens, but the other teams are in a, on a, it too. So um, you better be feeling some type of way about them as well because he, the Ravens ain't doing this alone. This is this is something that all of these owners, in my opinion, have, you know, said quietly, that they were not allowing people like Deshaun Watson to reset the league and clearly they've shown that since then, but they are continuing the trend, right? And so that they don't they don't want to be involved in this type of stuff. So, I mean, okay, so you go somewhere else, but that team was in on it too. Right, right, I mean, we're, are we just going to ignore that, their role in this right. as well? That's the part that this, – this is the nasty side of the business, Glenn. Yep. It is very nasty, and I'm, I'm sure it probably feels personal, but for the NFL, this is about business. This is about how they want their business run and how they're not going to let anybody dictate to them how they run their business. Rita. So that, he's just learning this the hard way, unfortunately. Well, it I, sucks I, I think, big time. I think the more interesting – I had uh, the great Bill Roden was on with us the other day, right? And, and he pointed out, like, Lamar could really use the help of one other quarterback in this process and mentioned that, hey, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and even Jalen Hurts, right? Like, so it's not just all the white guys, but his point was kind of like, hey, it, this thing where you all just keep taking deals, whatever you just say, hey, whatever you're willing to pay me, it's a lot of money, I'll just take it. He could really use one other quarterback stepping up and saying, no, you know what? He's got a point. I'm with him. I, I, I want that too. And I'm not just going to take whatever it is that you're willing to offer me. But I just don't know that I see it coming. I, I just think that all of these guys are willing to say, this is a lot of money. I'm very wealthy. Maybe maybe we could be getting more, but 
I don't know, I'm more willing to just take whatever the money is that's out there because it's money that I don't have, and I don't feel like being the guy that, you know, upsets the apple cart in this entire process, and I I feel like it's going to leave him alone on an island, and it's easier, to Bill's point, it's easier for the league to do this to one guy than it would be to do it to, you know, multiple high-level quarterbacks they couldn't shut all of them out in the process. At some point, somebody's got to play quarterback for your team. Yeah, I've always said, though, that there's strength in numbers. I've always said that he needs more people that feel the way that he does and, and ride on his side for them to make some movement. And so if nobody's willing to do that, then there's not going to be much traction there. Um, I, you understand it, right? You understand mm-hmm. why, you know, he's – probably like I'm just going to try to do this my own way but ultimately you still have to have people around you to have some type of experience and that's where I stand with that everybody just all of these people trying to tell you that they have done these things by themselves are not telling you the truth and they're few and far between okay so all the majority of these guys that quote-unquote didn't have an agent had help they had help with people who had experience in the NFL for numerous years and guys that were just basically short of being registered by the NFLPA of being agents, but they had help. They had professional help. And it's nothing wrong with Lamar doing what he's wanting to do, but I also think that he needs to get help. I think he needs experience on his side, and I think his lack of experience is why he's in the position that he's in right now. So, you know, I think he does need more guys. I've said this numerous times. The problem is that, like you and me, Glenn, uh, people like all of us in society, we want convenience more than any than the struggle. So I'm not going to go out there and change my oil, even though I'm no, I'm sure I know I can do it. I ain't going out there and change my tire, even though I'm sure I can do it. Right. I'm just going to pay somebody else to do it. Yeah, I'm, because the convenience of it all, Trump all of the work that I got to do just to save a couple of dollars. I read I attempted a couple years ago to, to do I'm like, why am I doing this? I could just change my own oil. And then I, I read a video. I, I watched a video and it like the car that I had at the time that said, this is the single most difficult vehicle to own to try to change your own oil. And I said, well, that's enough. It took me six seconds of a video for me to decide I wasn't going to be the guy that was going to change my own oil. Try to tell that's you. Hey, man, I, I ain't going to be able to do it. Get somebody I, else to do it. You know, Rita, though, this is the thing that's weird. Uh, Rita Hubbard is with us here on GCR. I, I know you're right, and I know that I've said the same thing. But if you're Lamar and you have received the second largest fully guaranteed dollar figure offer in the history of football, I also kind of kind of understand why he's sitting back and saying, you guys can keep telling me what I need to do. I'm telling you, I already have that on the table despite the fact that I never had an agent. So I, I don't know what to make of that because I he has a point. Like there, he is to at least some extent right when he was trying to dunk and on everybody. And yet that's not enough. Week. That is and true. And yet that's not enough. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, that is and yet true. That's not enough. You're right. You're right. I don't. You know. I, I, I am. I don't know what to make of it, Rita. I don't know what to make of it, and I keep going back to I cannot. I can't draw out the end game here. Whenever anybody asks me, and I, my God, I know you get it every day. Every time you're anywhere, somebody's like, "Hey, how's this gonna? How's it gonna go?" I don't. I, I can't answer the question. I don't know yep. what the end game will be. I have no clue where this ends up going because I do think that he is dug in enough that the answer isn't 
that he just defaults back to the answer that's on the table. I think it would require, at some point in the process, the Ravens going back to him and saying, what can we do to allow you to save face, to make it look like you won? And that they have to accept that on paper, it might look like they lost a little bit, but to structure a deal in which they mitigate that loss. I yeah. I think that's what it's going to require because otherwise I absolutely think you could get to a point where Lamar maybe, you know, shows up, shows up late, is not happy at all this season, is not the guy that you want to have around, and is just riding it out in order to get to free agency a year from now, believing that you won't go through this process all over again if he appears to be unhappy. I eesh, 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 it's ugly. It's it's yeah, ugly. Very it is very ugly. I mean, I, 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 that sounds like plan, but what if the Ravens are already on some F this? You know what I mean? Like, what if they are frustrated as we are on the outside looking in with this and not willing to do I mean, look, at some point, you, somebody's got to make a move. I, I don't know how that, that ends, but somebody has to make a move, right? You can't do this forever. And you certainly don't want to do this next year where I think the, the cap, if you try to tag them again, it goes up 20%. I'm not interested in doing any of those types of things. I really like to get a resolution now, and I'm with you. I mean, I'm I'm just going to go to them, um, and, and just being like, well, uh, what do you? What is it that you can do that we can make you feel better about all of this? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I hope that they can come to some type of money will change relationships. I don't care what anybody has to say. You know, it can we can feel like it is over. And then somehow the Ravens find a way to get close to the, the amount of money that he's asked for, then somehow we can feel like that this is always this is this is going to be, you know, completely different because money will solve most things in this world, unfortunately. It tends to so, be the case. That tends to be the case. All right, before I let you yeah. go, I'm going to have you run through our Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios today. Um, I so bet. You're doing both. I hate, the, would you, I hate your Would You Rather Wednesdays, by the I, way. I don't, I don't. You do a very good job at picking them because I don't like to play. By the <laughs> way. I don't just, like to play. Yeah, right. That's the point. The point is that they're supposed to be I know that's difficult. the point, and yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that. I understand. All right, number one, <laughs> would you rather? And again, I think a lot of people are struggling with the number of layers to this. So I'm going to – the Colts get an offer sheet into Lamar before the draft, and the Ravens don't match it, netting them just the two first-round picks, but one of them, of course, being the number four pick in this year's draft, which they could use on a quarterback. Or after the draft – they do a sign and trade to get three first round picks, but from the 49ers, who we all think would be later in the draft, and obviously none of them would be for this year to get you a quarterback. Now, add in, of course, there's a lot of other elements to this, but that's the central part. The two first round picks from the Colts starting this year, or three first round picks from Lamar, but they're all from the 49ers and they don't start until next year. I, I want more. I want more. I'm sorry. I want more. I hear you about the the picks, and I know that's going to be later, but you can always use that for capital to move yourself up and get you somebody for the, for the following year. So I am always going to go with the side of more. Is, get, is Trey Lance in this deal, too? No. That By the way, a lot of people have attempted to do that. I thought that if we did that, it would go all 49ers at that point. So I did not okay, make it all right. involved. I, it Trey don't Lance. matter to me. Lamar is worth more than two first-round picks, so there's that. So. If I got a, if, if the Ravens just gonna be a little ass in 2023, 
then that's just what it's going to be. But my first round pick, plus I get somebody else first round pick, I'm, I'm taking the, I'm taking that. Number two, all day long. would you rather, and you're not the biggest college basketball person in the world, you're a basketball player who's never going to be good enough to reach the NBA. Would you rather be a part of a 16-over-1 upset or a team that made a Final Four but didn't win a title? Hmm. Good question. <laughs> uh, it's actually a good question. Um, I feel like nobody's going to remember me going to the Final Four because I didn't win. So but what people will remember at UMBC yep. is that they upset somebody. So – uh, if I'm not going to win either way, give me the more memorable win, which okay. is the 16-1 upset. Okay. And then because you are the WBC chick, uh, yes! the number three, again, it's for the last five years. Make sure as you guys respond. It's the last five years, not the next five. Would you rather have spent the last five years as an Orioles fan, mostly miserable, but feeling there was a purpose, or spent the last five years as an Angels fan, constantly disappointed but getting to watch the greatest baseball players of a generation every night i i'm i'm going with the angels i'm sorry like i would much rather feel like that there's hope as opposed to feeling like there's no hope so um and that if the last if are we including last year in the last five years yeah it it doesn't even matter because the four years prior to that they were (laughs) cheeks yes correct complete cheeks so that was, that was, so that don't even matter. Give me the give me the hope, okay? I want the hope because at what you know the Angels. How, I keep forgetting this that in the 21st century they won a World Series. They did, but so I'm, remember, I'm, like, I'm only giving you the last five years, though, Rita. Like you only. I know, but my point. I hear you, but I'm I'm making the point that that but they have. I hear you. I get that. I get that. The last five years. I'm just saying that they've not been like so ass over time they've just been underachievers that's the difference dramatically the difference is dramatically underachieving the, dramatically. The, the angels are underachievers the orioles were terrible that's the difference so that's why i'm going to go with the underachievers because you at some point you would wonder if the if they stopped underachieving and and the history goes and says that maybe you know what i mean so i would go with that as opposed to just like Oh, we're gonna lose a hundred games, man! That was terrible, dog. Like I, I would never <laughs> want to put that on like my worst enemy. <laughs> uh, I get that. Hey, are you? Um, what's so? I obviously you guys are still doing the podcast, right? Yes, yeah, it, it comes out today. And then, what about uh, brother from another? I will be on there tomorrow at three p.m. Tomorrow at three on Peacock with brother from another at the NFL chick on Twitter is how you follow him, and we will be back. One week from this Sunday, and we've got a pretty, a pretty big guest lined up for coming in studio that day, right? Do we, do we, can we announce? Uh, do we say that, or do we just keep it uh, no, secret? No, let's not, let's not tell them yet. Okay. Let's make them come you, on along. You got it. But it, it, it's a very important person in this town. I'm looking That's forward to say. it. Looking forward to it a great deal. Love you, my friend. Uh, we will talk again next you. week. All right, guys. Talk to you later. That's the NFL chick, Rita Hubbard, with us here on GCR. Again, the guest, first ever guest, and it was not dramatic at all. It was very anticlimactic. She played she, it. She, she, she moved played it. it close she to moved them. it. But I, and I appreciate the fact that she took it seriously, that she did not just decide to, like, I'm going to make it 98 because I don't care about your stupid meter, right? Like, she made a legitimate number. 
65 is where Rita is that Lamar Jackson will be the Ravens' week one quarterback next season as she agrees with me that there's not this thing that you guys got whipped up into a frenzy about yesterday is just not worth getting whipped up into a frenzy about. Again, until we talk to Mike Florio in 32 minutes, and he says, no, he's saying he's done in Baltimore. (laughs) And which point my follow-up would be, why didn't you put that in the story? Why did you write it the way that you did? But I don't think that's what Mike Florio is going to tell us. We will find that out. Yeah. Again, after we find it out, we'll we'll adjust it. We Well, not... In, in 23 if, hours. No, if it was that dramatic, if Mike Florio at 11.03 today says, Lamar Jackson wants out of Baltimore... So he's never stepping foot in Baltimore yeah, again. I'm going Unless to, it's an opponent's uniform. We'll do... <laughs> I love Rita, but we will overrule. We will do a dramatic update as, uh, as necessary as I can. So, you know, that's the way that it'll go with the Lamar meter. But... Lamometer, yeah. Yeah, you've been off your game today. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't want to cut in while she's. I understand, but it is still the bit you you have figured out smartly the bit where you kind of step back from the microphone yeah. and you say it a little bit quieter, which I still think is good. I still think it keeps up appearances by not, but doesn't get in the way. I think you should work on that a little bit more. Work Pro- on it. Practice in the mirror. Uh, this is the moment for you in your career. You're <laughs> always going to remember um, that uh, you were the governor of Lamometer. Okay. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's a great question. Ryan Ryan says, Ryan Frazier, he's a good dude, says, is it wrong that I look forward to Would You Rather just because of all the rule breakers that you have to scold? Oh. <laughs> we, no, are we already had. A lo- no, a lot of people are trying oh, to they alter they number one Lance. for Trey Lance. Okay. And I, I wouldn't do that because I thought that that would be enough to get everybody. Now, yeah. I maybe I didn't, maybe I thought there would be more anti-Colts sentiment or uh, just anti because remember the just last Colts. the last time it was just not only the Colts but also the last time everybody was like get him out of the AFC so i thought there would be more anti Colts more anti AFC sentiment maybe because i didn't include those maybe moving forward i have to figure out a way to include every thought <laughs> just do in or, the would you or, rather or, or or no just here are all the reasons why you okay. might choose one here are all the reasons you might choose the other because it feels like if I only put in, well, you're getting the number four pick or the 49ers picks that might be later, the people just read that and they're like, well, obviously I want the number four pick and forget that there's a lot of other layers to it. And I'm okay. I like the idea of thinking through all of the layers to it. I, I love the idea of thinking through all of the layers to it. I think it's part of what makes the game work. I think if you've ever played Would You Rather with your friends, you know that that's part of the concept. But... You still don't get to cheat. <laughs> like, I, cheating is still cheating, ultimately. That's the way that it goes. All right. Um, anyway, that thank you to Rita. Appreciate her doing that. We will get to Would You Rather Wednesday, Griffin and I, later on in the show. Get me your responses in at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Someone will win a T-shirt of their choice from Birdland Sports. We love Birdland Sports. We'll tell you all about them as the show goes on. Also coming up this morning, as I mentioned, Florio, Anthony Walker are going to join us. But I do want to talk about that scene last night. I do want to talk about the fact that the entire world was glued to a baseball game last night. And as you guys know, I'm not a WBC person. But I want to, I want to talk through the entirety of the conversation. And I want to do that when we come back in. Today's show is brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Bet Fred is live in Maryland. 
Bet $50 with Maryland's newest sports book, Bet Fred, and get up to $1,111 in bonus Fred bets, along with other great incentives and promos when you sign up through PressBoxOnline.com offers. Baseball futures bets, season specials, and player award bets are already live in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com offers now for your shot at winning big. We'll come back in, and I will scold more people for trying to break the rules on Would You Rather Wednesday. Like you, Tristan, I'm sure you're a nice person. I'm sure you're lovely to be around. But you're trying to cheat, and you're not allowed to cheat. Blaine Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports. Sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season. Let's go O's. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19? CCBC is here to help. With funding available for short-term career programs, you can get back on your feet in no time. Starting this March, become a certified apartment maintenance technician to secure your future. CCBC's program offers hands-on training and prepares you for a rewarding career in the growing field of property management. Don't wait any longer. Call 443-840-2222 or online at ccbcmd.edu for more details. CCBC Apartment Maintenance Technician. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the bat-around was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season, discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat. 
you in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox or read it all. Pressboxonline.com. Go right ahead and pick that up today. All right, so you guys are all watching baseball last night. And even I poked over when I saw everybody um, tweeting about uh, – look, I, I – no, that's not true. I, I poked over because I saw the Schwarber home run. Mm. And the dude who nearly died trying to – first of all, like we're all going to chastise him. Like, yo, get a hold of yourself. Like you nearly were willing to risk your life over catching a baseball – but we also need to talk about these stadiums for a second. Like, someone actually died at a stadium a few years right. ago. How have we not figured out that, like, while this should be... It, like it, Common... It should be common, common sense. sense, yes, yeah. I agree. It ain't. And, you know, the emotion of a moment. You know, we can make fun of the fact that it was the World Baseball Classic. Imagine if there were a World Series being played. Imagine if Aaron Judge had broke the record in Miami last year or something like that. We, It's not... Common sense gets thrown out the window in moments like that. So I would encourage these teams to look around at their stadium and say, hey, is there an area where, like, that is a low wall and that second deck in Miami. Maybe that's, that doesn't work. you got to take out a row of seats, raise the wall here, because we're asking for something awful to happen. And while you can like say, hey, it's that person's own fault that they died at a baseball game, you'll still be the team that had someone die or severely maim themselves at a baseball game. Get off my lawn. I, I mean it, though. Like I think every team should look around their stadium and figure out if they might have something going on that maybe they need to put a railing, something like that. Anything in the world that could perhaps prevent... Just add another layer. Like, or or make row. it less likely that something like this mm-hmm. would occur. That... Beside the point, that's about the time that I tuned in was when Schwarber hit the home run. But then I started to see all of everybody's tweets about, well, this is shaping up for Otani versus Trout. And I was like, I get it. I get it, right? It was, it was perfect. I get it. <laughs> um, so I – boy. I'm not going to try to tell you, like, you all stupid how di- – it was a really fun piece of television last night. And ultimately, I do agree that sport the point of sport is entertainment. And last night, you got high entertainment value. So, I am... I'm not acquiescing. I'm not saying, like, everything I've said about the World Baseball Classic is wrong. It's not. It It's still an exhibition. Like, it's still not... Re- Japan calling themselves the world champions is... No matter how much you want, it's wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If you can 
it, as long as you don't attempt to argue otherwise, if your argument is, I know what it is that I'm watching, I understand it, I just find it to be great entertainment, then I'm listening. Because not just last night, and admittedly I was not watching, but the night before with the comeback in the ninth inning, there were high, you know, every, the Trey Turner grant. There's no world in which I'm ever going to choose the World Baseball Classic over the NCAA tournament. But if you're just a person that doesn't care about college basketball and loves baseball and you were watching it on Saturday night, obviously the Trey Turner Grand Slam was a, a high-dollar entertainment moment. If you're capable of saying, I'm not trying to debate the merits of the event with you, I'm just trying to say it is incredible entertainment. It was good television then I'm all in yeah I'm all in I feel like that's my stance on it I mean I had I like I wasn't really I didn't really have much uh, going on I guess last night so I just threw the game on in the background and mm-hmm. I was you know just working on other stuff and then as I as the game got later the Schwarber home run and it was like all right this is this is uh, you know it's a tight game and then it uh, the, worked out perfectly yes it that Otani and Trent. was closing Th- it. there is great irony that like that like, I I was feeling all I know PFT commenter said something out like uh, dude the Angels must be awesome oh my right? god which was well a, that that's, I think it's that's a perfect tweet I think that's the real uh, like the and, crime and, in this is and, how like people and, can say and the and Orioles and Pirates are bad for well, baseball this is what we're gonna get to with Would You Rather mm-hmm. Wednesday but the point in that moment was it was like everything that you wanted an entertainment moment but it also really underneath that was a bigger statement about how pathetic is it that this is maybe the defining moment of these two players' yeah. careers. Yeah. And we can say, well, it's exciting and it's good television, but it's also pathetic and sad yeah. that this is what we're talking about. It's not for Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts has had real moments in baseball. As cool as Trey Turner hitting a Grand Slam was the other night, you know, winning a World Series is cooler. But for those two dudes... By far and away. The greatest moment of their careers, yeah. I mean, Mike Trout would say probably not. He, he struck out. But the most well, electric yeah, moment, yeah, yeah. the most, you know, the, the biggest feel of his career in that moment, standing at the plate facing his teammate in the bottom of the ninth inning of a meaning, of what, what to, by their standards, is by far the most meaningful baseball game they've played. And that's the part that we can't talk about because we just want to celebrate the moment, right? And I get it. We Shohei Otani probably got the most that anyone could have gotten from this tournament because worldwide it allowed him to be celebrated as unquestionably the defining baseball player of a generation which is incredible when you consider that the other guy was the defining baseball player of a generation like Mike Trout was the there is no way of arguing that there was anyone but he never did anything he was the defining player of a generation who we have no memories of. We can't name things that Mike Trout did other than win MVPs. We can't. There are no Mike Trout moments still after last night. Shohei yeah. Otani now has one. Now he has something. One moment. And it, we think that maybe he'll be moving on from the Angels after this season or Hopefully, maybe during I mean, this season. And we think that there might be real moments coming for him at some point in baseball. Um, But it at least provided him some definition for 
a more casual baseball fan because there was nothing else on last night. Because there was nothing else. If you're a sports fan, but not a hardcore baseball fan, you were still watching last night because there was nothing else to watch. So it provided him that moment. It provided him something that he can say to the casual baseball fan, hey, if you didn't get it before, get it now. Understand, I'm different. I'm special. I'm not like everyone else. And so that was cool. Yeah. That, I mean, that was cool. I mean, it wasn't I mean, Otani was going triple digits every single pitch. Nuts. I mean, 100, yeah, 100, 100, 102, it was, 100. It was bonkers. And then he got him with the slider 87. It, it was, was it was bonkers, <laughs> man. It was everything about it was was crazy. But again, it, you can't as as long as you can stop it and say it's great television. As I keep saying, it's definitely more fun than watching spring training baseball. I understand why it's more desirable in March. It's I, the arguments that you know John from Little Rock brought up. Well, what if you did it in July? I don't think anyone really wants that. I think you you think that right now because you kind of enjoyed the World Baseball Classic. But when you got to July, if your team was relevant and was in it, the Orioles were in a ten game winning streak. Yeah, no and chance. Then get stopped. You'd be furious that you'd be stopping the season to play the World Baseball Classic at that point. Playing it in November, the guys just simply aren't going to participate. Like they're just not. The season they have played 162 baseball games. Some of them still would because some of them, you know, go play in you know Latin American leagues when the season's over anyway, right? Younger players probably would, but the Manny Machados of the world, the guys who, you know, are making a boatload of money and know better, like understand. Like this is the difference: is that money is guaranteed in baseball, so eh, who cares if I go get hurt yeah. playing in this thing? I'm still getting my money no matter what. But they also kind of know better. They kind of know that they've entered into an agreement with the team that they're playing for. Like, you're not going to push yourself. You're going to work with what it is they want you to do. You're not going to be able to. The only reason you can get those guys to play is because they'd be playing baseball right now anyway. It's not that big of a deal that they go do it in bigger stadiums and with other people than if they were doing it as I keep, I, I, I keep taking shots at Twin Lakes Park. It's just the name of the stadium that I know. The JetBlue Park is a spring training stadium. I, I don't even know what the name of the stadium is in, in Sarasota. Cause we, oh, Ed Smith. I, never mind. I do know that. Sorry. Ed Smith Stadium. You can't do it another way. You can't do it so that it's a real competition. You can't make it longer. You can't make, allow the pitchers to pitch. You can never make it an actual competition. It always has to be this. And again, at the bottom of it, if it gives you good television, which all good, which it definitely did, it doesn't. Hurt. Somebody would say, "Well, it did hurt a couple somebody's." Yeah. It doesn't hurt somebody in that. As I keep saying, Edwin Diaz could have gotten hurt anywhere, anywhere at all. If you're, if you're prone to injuring yourself celebrating, you could have been prone to hurting yourself walking, walking to your car. Steps, yeah. Exactly right. So, it didn't hurt anyone really. And provided good television. As long as we talk about it that way, as long as we don't... That's the only issue I have, is when we try to make something something that it isn't, which is a very American thing to do. John Colson and I got into a fight about it yesterday. He was like, it's not just an American thing to do, it's worldwide. I'm like, all right, John. I mean, my God. That's about the World Baseball <laughs> No, no, no. Like, the, the way that we try to turn our feelings into fact. Oh, okay. Like, this thing we do in, in, like, in America where we're like, well, I feel like it's real, so it's real. No. 
No, not a thing. It's not a legitimate baseball competition. It's not a legitimate way to determine what the best country is at baseball in the world. A 10-day event with one game knockout rounds in baseball. In ba- we, I get it. We all love the game 163 concept when it existed, but they also figured out that wasn't real either, and they had to get rid of that too. Trust me, I miss it. It was awesome when like everything would come down. Like you didn't, your teams didn't have to um, be involved yeah. in the game. You were like, hell, I, the, the Mariners are playing the the Twins, and it's one game. Was, I'm watching that. It's like and the Cubs and Brewers are playing on like a right, Wednesday at two. Right. <laughs> oh, I was all in. It was only game it was one. Great. Yeah. It was great television. But it was not a legitimate way to determine something because we understand baseball cannot be determined by one game. Now, somebody would say, well, every sport should feel that way. It's just not practical in other sports, right? It's not practical to drag out the World Cup. Like, in, in obviously, in, in high-level European play, they do two legs. They do a home and an away. Well, the World Cup isn't home and away. So I'm okay with it being that'd one be, game. Well, that'd be cool if it was. It would be cool. And I wouldn't be opposed to more <laughs> World Cup for what it's worth. If they said it's going to be a two-month World Ooh. Cup, I would say I am in for it. Now, it does get awkward once your teams are out. Yeah. And you're like, I still care. I'm still going to watch. But I, it, you don't feel the same way. And, of course, in America, our team is never in it. So it's just kind of what it is. Although the Women's World Cup is this summer and our team will be in it. Yeah. So maybe if they want to make that two months, I'll be on board for that. Although the Orioles are good now, so I don't need as much of a distraction. And years of the Orioles are bad. We need... We need we that need July. We need a two-month World <laughs> Cup. How do we work that out, that we change the rules for the World Cup so that it's one month normally, but if the Orioles stink, are... that year, two months. That's the way it goes, <laughs> and it's in the summer. Although I also kind of love the November World Cup, if I'm being honest Maybe we just have two World Cups. Dude, that day on that Friday watching uh, USA-England. Oh, the Black Friday. Uh... Oh, man, it was awesome. <laughs> it was so great. Like, planning your day around it. Like, I'm off today. That's what I want to do with my life. I was all in, man. The fact that the matches were before football games started on Sunday, so you could watch the soccer and then flip over to football afterwards. And yeah. it, you don't, hell, you don't want to watch any of these pregame shows anyway. Like, it gives you an excuse to not even be tempted to turn one of the stupid pregame shows on. Damn it. I want, I want a World Cup in the summer and a World Cup in football season. Let's just get rid of club football. And, okay, and just do year-long yeah, World Cup? Yeah, just do year-long World Cup. We're on to something. <laughs> I don't know what this has to do with the World Baseball Classic, but we're on to something. Well, it's a good world competition. That's yeah, <laughs> I, I, I did. It was good television last night. I, I am giving you that. I am not giving yeah. you anything else about the legitimacy of the event. It is not a legitimate event. Yeah. It is an exhibition event, but it was damn good television. It, it, and I don't know that there's another exhibition event that can produce that. Like I was trying to think about that last night. Has there ever been another exhibition event that I felt produced that good of television. And preseason football. No, definitely <laughs> not that. Absolutely not that. I don't know bowl games can provide yeah. really good television. They can. Not even the bowl games that don't matter. And that's the dirty little secret is that like that's an exhibition event too. Like the Rose Bowl is an exhibition event. It doesn't matter. Your your world is no different by being the Rose Bowl champion. Playing in the Rose Bowl is a cool thing for the guys involved because there's history to it and there's but there's you don't get anything from winning the Rose Bowl. You know, Maryland, we, we're kind of holding up. They've won their last two bowl games. It doesn't actually really matter. It's just esoteric, right? <laughs> like, it doesn't change anything other than it makes us feel better. They are exhibition contests, and the players aren't involved. The players duck at. They go prepare for the NFL draft, and you're left with whatever you're left with. 
Um, so the bowl games would be the comparison. Bowl games would definitely be the thing that I would most compare as far as, dude, you can get some thrilling-ass, meaningless bowl games. You can yeah. get some wild... Dude, that Fiesta Bowl that I was at in the Boise State-Oklahoma game all those years ago with Adrian Peterson and the proposal on the field, it's the most electric football game I've ever seen in my life. And it meant diddly-poo. It was meaningless. And it's the greatest thing I've ever witnessed. And I think that's kind of what takes you out of the World Baseball Classic is that, you know, after Japan's celebrating, they won. You cut to the U.S. dugout. They don't They're they're not hurt. That's the point. That's how you know. mm -hmm. You know it's not. They got got an entire season next week. They're like, all right, you know, it would have been cool. That would have yeah. been fun. I mean, we would have liked to have won. It's but why, you know, the NCAA tournament's so great. You know, the, the, the Maryland lost to Alabama. Jameer Young sitting on the bench crying. It's yes. Like, that means, like, it, means it means a everything. lot. It means everything. That's how you – Griffin, this is a great point that you're making. It's how you understand the difference between an exhibition event and a real event. It was exactly what you're talking about. Now, maybe it would be that for some countries there would be more emotions involved. Mm. Because for some of these players, they're not high-level major league players. For some of these players, this might be the, high, the, the biggest competition they'll ever be a part of, right? And so maybe if whoever, Venezuela, you know, somebody else had made a more dramatic run to the final and they had lost, you might have seen more emotion from them when they got eliminated, you know, or when they lost the World Baseball Classic final. But it would have to be a very unique circumstance for that to be the case. The Americans, yeah. eh, bummer. That was fun. We made it all the way to the end. Like we didn't, we didn't really disappoint anybody. Like we didn't embarrass ourselves. We just lost. All good. We'll forget about it in two weeks. Yeah. In two weeks, this will not matter to us whatsoever. For two weeks, you'll think about it a little bit. Man, like man, that Otani Trout, right? Like yeah. or 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 what you could have done. Like then a bat that yeah. you had in the game yeah. that you could have done something with. Was Cedric Mullins went zero for three? I think. Yeah, yeah. And swung at the first pitch on Darvish in the eighth. Yeah. And like, you know, did he need to? <laughs> Um, like they'll think about it for a minute, and then in two weeks they'll never think about it again because they'll be ready to play actual baseball games. Um, still was good theater. All right, that's my. I don't know. That was my whole diatribe on the whole thing. I get it. I I thought people were into it. I thought it was a, a really pleasant television. So cool, cool. There's that, and they should do it again. Keep. Why wouldn't you keep doing it? As long as the teams are willing to let the players participate, and since it's Major League Baseball's event. Like, they're going to tell the teams, you're yeah, going to let got to send Mike Trout. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Like, as long as that continues to be the case, go right ahead and do it. Just don't kid yourself into thinking that it's something that it isn't. Allow it to be a neat, made-for-TV event. Could that be replicated in other ways? I don't think so. I don't think there's anybody else that could... Like, I don't think the NBA could try to make it so that... Like stop, a- stop going to the Olympics. Do our thing instead. The Olympics, basketball, the Olympics has mattered for. We hold up the dream team as something that matters. I, the basketball, the Olympics, but baseball, the Olympics was never a thing. So there was no comparison for these guys. The basketball players would all say, we'd rather play at the Olympics. That's a bigger deal for us to go participate in that than to participate in your thing. Soccer players. Better than like training over the summer, I guess, by themselves. And yeah. They get to go right? overseas and, and hang yeah. out with their friends. And yeah. it's great branding globally. Globally, it's tremendous branding. Everybody on the planet watches the Olympics. So for building your brand globally, there is nothing. The NBA can't co- create something that would be bigger than that. There's no way they could replicate that. But Major League Baseball figured it out. You guys don't really. The bigger argument is the NHL, which is trying to get players to stop going to the Olympics mm-hmm. because they don't want us to shut the season down any longer. And they were able to successfully get them to not go because of COVID the last time. But if I'm an NHL player, 
again, hockey at the Olympics has mattered. Now, again, that predates NHL players. It's the miracle on ice, things like that. But I'm not... That would be a more interesting fight for the next Olympics is whether hockey players mm-hmm. will... Because the NHL definitely does not want to shut the season down ever again. They would prefer that they never have to take an in-season break, and they would prefer that NHL players don't go play in the Olympics. So that would be the more interesting one. It just doesn't impact us because we yeah. don't have a hockey team. We don't do whatever the F you want. We don't care. <laughs> Our number one of today's show is uh, in the books. And a reminder that gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit. Stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, joins us next. He will explain what it means that Lamar Jackson says, or his representative says, he's ready to move on. Does that mean something else? We'll find out next. Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets start at over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19 and want to start a new career path? Look no further than CCBC. Starting in March, CCBC offers short-term career training programs like real estate sales. And the best part, funding is available for those who qualify. Real estate sales is a lucrative career that can provide a stable income and flexibility. With CCBC's real estate sales program, you'll learn everything you need to know to get started in this exciting field. Call us at 443-840. 2222 or ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC Real Estate Sales. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms 
Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right. As we move on to hour number two of today's program, today's show, or how about uh, we give this one to Stan the Fan. Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley caught up with Eric Garfield earlier in the week from Utah Street Report. If you missed it, Find it right now at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, PressBoxOnline.com slash video, or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, joining us now, this man has a new book coming out on April 25th called Father of Mine. You can pre-order it right now. He is, of course, the man behind all things pro football talk. He's our friend Mike Florio. Mike, it's Glenn. Thanks for turning around and doing this again so quickly, man. Really appreciate it. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. How are you today? I'm all right, Mike. As you know, I, I'm sure you know you whipped everybody in this city up into a frenzy yesterday. Everybody was losing their minds. So I, I just want to go back to one particular, because we can get into the rest of what you reported, but one particular sentence that was in there that I think people read into and read a certain way, and I don't think it was the appropriate way to read it. The idea that whoever this representative is, is telling teams that Lamar is ready to move on. I read that as, well, if you're going to try to get offers from other teams, you have to be ready to move on. If you're not, you couldn't go play. For, why would anybody offer you something? But other people are reading that as he's hellbent about moving on or he's done in Baltimore and doesn't want to be here any longer. How did you take that when you heard it in your reporting? Well, exactly the way you took it when you read it. If you're going to have someone who's not an NFLPA certified agent try to call around to teams to stir up interest in getting someone to negotiate with Lamar and eventually sign him to an offer sheet, the idea isn't, hey, he really wants to stay with the Ravens, but we need someone to make him an offer that he really would like to have that the Ravens won't give him, and then we hope the Ravens will match it. Would you please, team whichever it is that he contacted, even though you have no idea who I am, even though I'm not certified by the union to be making this call, even though you've never worked with me before and will never work with me again, would you please provide my wink, wink, nod, nod client an offer sheet so the Ravens can match it because he really doesn't want to leave Baltimore. He wants to stay there. Uh, Why? I mean, it's, I, I saw that people took issue with that. But why the hell would anyone be calling these other teams if he wasn't ready to move on? Correct. Correct. Now, again, if if there's more to it, right? Like, if that's really his way of saying, I don't want to be here any longer, I do think that's a big story. But I just nothing about the way that you wrote it suggested to me that that's actually what was being said. It sounds like I'd like to be anywhere where they want to meet my $200 million number. 
Whether that's Baltimore, whether it's, you know, San Francisco, whether it's Indianapolis, I I don't care where it is. I want to make $200 million fully guaranteed to play football, and I'm ready for that to be somewhere else if it's not Baltimore. Yeah, if the Ravens aren't going to match it, I am ready to move on. Right. But you're not going to get anyone to make the offer if you lead with, boy, I really wish somebody would would, <laughs> would, would make an me an offer that I know so, the Ravens will match. Right. I wish somebody would do the Ravens' work for them. Correct. And, and that's, that's one of the reasons why I believe teams aren't pursuing Lamar Jackson. There's a belief out there that the Ravens will match. And when you look at the cap numbers yep. that are assigned to the various teams, who's got the cap space and who doesn't, the Ravens already have $32.4 million dedicated to Lamar Jackson. They can match pretty much any offer that anyone would make at this point if they choose to. And when you look at the teams out there in the cap space they have, there aren't many that could do it. And that's the other problem that I think teams are facing. If you're, if you're the Vikings, and, and I don't know why the Vikings are considered one of the teams that could go after Lamar Jackson. Before the Vikings could even make an offer to Lamar Jackson, they got to get rid of Kirk Cousins. they got to get him off the books before you have the cap space necessary to make an offer for Lamar Jackson. So you trade Kirk Cousins to whoever. I don't know. I don't know who's taking him on. Mm-hmm. Then you sign Lamar to an offer sheet, and then the Ravens match it, and your starting quarterback in Minnesota is Nick Mullins. <laughs> so there are many practical impediments to this. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, but the bottom line is, this guy isn't making these calls to try to get Lamar Jackson to stay with the Ravens. He's trying to make these calls to get him an offer from anyone, and he is ready to move on if moving on is what gets him the contract he wants. And I think that's kind of obvious. That's why I think, you know, it's, it's funny. Stuff that if we applied a little common sense yeah. would, be, would be lightning bolt obvious. Yeah. We're stunned when we see someone report it. But it's, it's yes, yes, it's, that, that's, he's got the non-exclusive franchise tag. The Ravens have dared him to go find an offer better than what the Ravens have made. He is Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, NBC Sports. He's with us here on GCR. We agree uh, strongly about that last statement, Mike. It seems like the, m- the minimal amount of scrutiny, I don't even need to be a lawyer like you are, in order to understand that a minimal amount of scrutiny can sometimes solve so many of these things that we're trying to figure out. Um, before I come back to this, you know, whoever this representative is, you, you mentioned something in there that I, I am more fascinated about in this entire process, which whether it's collusion or not, and I know you and I have talked about the collusion thing, but even if it's as simple as what you just laid out, that the Ravens, by what they've done in structuring their cap, have essentially said loudly to every team in the NFL, don't bother. Don't even waste your time with this because you're not going to get the guy and you've got a clear cap space even to put the offer sheet in so you're screwing yourself in the process don't don't even get involved if i'm lamar jackson and i feel like either i've been openly colluded against or i haven't gotten the fair opportunity to actually find a market because the ravens have maneuvered in a way to make sure that they won't allow for a market to unfold what do I do? What What is my recourse at that point? Can I just go back and say, well, you know, you guys got one over on me. You figured out how to play the game. I'll just take whatever it is that you want to give me. Or even if he wasn't in this thing to begin with in order to create a bigger fight about franchise tags and guaranteed money, at some point, does he end up saying, no, I'm going to be the guy that's going to be willing to actually fight about this because I feel like I am being wronged in this process? It's a very common dynamic when it comes to players signing new contracts 
and we've seen it play out over the past week or so. Not that nearly enough fans care about it, but what happens is the agent for the player will send out a mass text to various insiders who will pass along an embellished, if not at times fabricated version of what the contract is worth. And it will inevitably overstate the true value of the deal. Fair. Teams never push back against that because the team always wants the player to be happy with the contract he signed. And I raise that point because at the end of the day, whatever happens with Lamar, if he capitulates on a long-term deal or if he takes the $32.4 million to play under the franchise tag this year, something I think he should not do, he's not going to be happy. And then what you have to worry about is the manifestation of Lamar not being happy. And this is where I don't want to attribute improper motives to anyone, but when you have a guy who misses practice from time to time due to stomach issues, miss a game due to stomach issues, had the knee injury last year that there was buzz, he could have come back and played. And frankly, I'm not coming back if I'm under 100% if I don't have my long-term contract sure. and my long-term financial security. But mm-hmm. my point is this. If he's not 100% happy with what his current contract is, you have to be concerned that if he's anything less than 100%, he's just not going to play. And I think as a team, as the Ravens, you need to be very concerned about that if it plays out the way I think. And I think the way it plays out is no one signs him to an offer sheet. Yep. He negotiates with the Ravens through July 17 on a long-term deal. Unless he hires an agent, they're not going to get a long-term deal done. And then they're, they're at an impasse over $32.4 million. Does he show up for 32.4 or do the Ravens sweeten the pot? And one thing I think we need to keep an eye on, if it comes down to that, is maybe a very significant per-game roster bonus where on top of the 32.4, even okay. if it's a million per okay. game. yeah. You make a billion dollars for every game you play. You have incentive to play if you're under 100%. You're getting paid on top of your base salary. Uh, that may be something the Ravens could do. So if they go forward for one more year, they, they can believe that they're going to get the absolute best out of Lamar Jackson week in and week out. That's interesting. It's an interesting way to try to go about it. Because I had suggested that maybe Lamar says, look, I'll, I'll play this year, but it's, it's $50 million bucks. Like I'm not playing. At 32-4, I'm sitting the year out. You're going to have to give me $50 million bucks in order to play this season, then we can deal with this again. That's the way to get the 50. That that gets you to 49. That gets you to 49, four. Right. That's a very interesting way to do it. Um, Mike, the other, you know, obviously the, the, what your report was really about was about whoever this person is. And I, and I asked this with no offense to the report. I guess my question is, does it ultimately, is there a penalty involved? Clearly this is not somebody that's supposed to be talking to teams, but is there a penalty if, the person that's representing Lamar Jackson isn't certified by the NFLPA, you know, will teams say, no, we won't talk to you? Does it hurt? Like, what is the actual cost of that occurring? Well, I have no idea what kind of sanctions the individual would face. I mean, maybe the individual would be forever barred from ever being certified by the NFL Players Association, even if that person took the tests and checked the boxes and paid the fees. It's more of a CBA issue for the teams that that the the collective bargaining agreement says that teams can only negotiate with NFLPA certified agents or players directly. And this happened last year with St. Omni when St. Omni was trying to get Roquan Smith traded out of Chicago. And it eventually happened, obviously, to the Ravens during the year. 
but the NFL sent out a memo to all teams saying, do not deal with this individual named St. Omni. This person is not certified to represent NFL players. Don't deal with them. And if you do, then, then you potentially lose draft picks, et cetera, if it becomes a big issue. And I think the league needs to put out the word as to this individual who's calling around on behalf of Lamar, the same thing. Do not deal with this individual. And if you do, and if we prove it, you'll lose draft picks. So that's where the main liability comes from. For the individual, now, could there be some criminal law somewhere that an aggressive prosecutor can piece together false pretenses, fraud, whatever? Maybe. You have to, you have to wonder what it would take to get on the radar screen of a prosecutor. But I think it's more about the problems the teams can get into if they actually deal with this person and, and work uh, – with him as a representative of Lamar. Do, do you sense that there would be teams that would say, no, we just won't? Like, we, you know, we, we will not talk to you about this. Or do you think that it, there is a little bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, ah, hell, if we want to talk about Lamar, this is just, this is the price of doing that? I think that, now, I, I, I can't get into the specific number of teams yeah. that I believe this person's spoken to, but I think that, I think that there have been, Short, brief, let's end this conversations, but the door is left open just in case. Okay. And I think there also have been, sorry, we can't talk to you. Okay. And that's the, right, okay. that's the right approach. The right approach is, sorry, we can't talk to you, and then immediately alert the Ravens or the league as to what transpired. There's absolutely no reason for us to think that any of this is unfolding before the draft, right? I mean, I know that Stephen Holder from ESPN put out a report that like, the Colts have not ruled it out, but... I mean, is there any reason for us to think that, like, this is getting solved before the NFL draft? Well, if you're the Colts, why would you do it before the draft? Right. If you're the Colts, you're looking to draft a quarterback. The only way that you would pivot to Lamar Jackson would be if someone trades up to number three with and, the Cardinals. And you don't like the fourth quarterback, three. yeah. Yeah, and you don't like the fourth option. Because there, there, is, there is value, and I think the Patriots would be a team to watch for this. You wait until after the draft. Because right now the Patriots have pick number 14. Wait until after the draft. Sign Lamar to an offer sheet, and you give up next year's first-round pick and the 2025 first-round pick. But again, that's all presupposing that the Ravens wouldn't match. Right. I think that's the biggest thing that we all need to keep in mind. I think the Ravens are ready, willing, and intent on matching. So if there is a team out there that would say, hey, we'll gladly give up two first-round picks to get Lamar Jackson, the question is, how gladly will the Ravens take two first-round picks to unload Lamar Jackson? I think at the core... They, you know, he may be ready to move on from them. They're not ready to move on from him. Well, they can't. There's no, they have no plan B. <laughs> like, there's no backup yeah, oh, that's plan. Right. That's right. Oh, yeah. Who's your quarterback going right. to be unless you emerge from the transaction? Now, you know, would, would, the, would the Vikings trade Kirk Cousins to the Ravens? Would the Ravens want Kirk Why? Cousins to Why? settle Lamar Jackson? Why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that's the point. Who, who's your alternative quarterback? And I think they'd like to get through at least one more year with Lamar Jackson, and then uh, you figure it out after that. You, can, you always trade him next year, and that's the thing. If we get through this draft and it doesn't happen, why not keep him another year and trade him after the season? You're still getting 2024 and or 2025 draft picks. He is Mike Florio. Mike, remind everybody about Father of Mine. Well, it's a novel that's coming out April 25. It can be pre-ordered now anywhere that you pre-order books for only $4.99. As I say every time I mention the book, there isn't a damn thing out there, and I've checked that you can buy for $4.99 these days. It's a mob book based in a small town. I think it's a good story. I, it's funny. I'm in the process now of proofreading. 
the final version of what, you know, the actual book. And I am going back and forth through this angst. And I've talked to some other writers. This is very common. Every 30 minutes I go from this is good to this sucks, <laughs> to this is good, to this sucks. And I haven't looked at any of it today, so I, I'm not caught in one of those emotions. But I, that, apparently that's part of this final landing of the plane. You're not quite sure whether or not the plane's going to crash. And sometimes it does. Is it is it at all? Is it more difficult for you than it was writing about football? Like is it, or is it is easier because it's kind of a story, you know, family related? Like wh- which way was well, it? I've you know I've I've screwed around with like six or seven of these manuscripts just because it's become my hobby. It started during the pandemic. It's easier because it's unlimited by fact, right? When when you're writing about football, you're limited by fact unless you're clearly speculating about things. When you're writing fiction you can write whatever you want and a lot of times it just kind of goes and to me that's the best feeling it just kind of goes it writes itself it's like it's unfolding on the page it's like a Ouija board that actually works and you know then you have to go back and revise it revise and revise it but I like that process of just sitting there and letting the words flow so it's very it's much more relaxing to me and fulfilling to me than that daily grind of write 15 stories yeah. And then it's only valuable today, and you got to pack it up and, re- and, and reset and write 15 more the next day. Uh, Mike, always appreciate you, man. Thanks for squeezing us in this morning. Really appreciate right, you doing it. Mike, hey, have a good one. You too. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, NBC Sports. Appreciate him hopping on, and that puts to bed a- any of the dramatic stuff that you guys were thinking came out yesterday. And again, I, I'm not trying to, like, because I get it. I We live in a Twitter era where we don't, we do lose context sometimes. I was stunned by the reaction to this yesterday. I'm like, what What are you reading that I'm not reading here? What, what do you think you're seeing? But I get it without context and when you're emotionally connected to something. The way that we are to this Lamar Jackson conversation, I am willing to give some amount of understanding to, hey, we're just afraid of everything right now. We are fragile. We want this. We have dealt with this every day. We're a fragile people. That line in Mike Florio's report always read exactly the way that Mike Florio intended it for it to read, as he explained to us. It always read, yes, he's ready to move on if, if, that's what it requires for him to get the number that he wants, which, as Mike Florio says, is $200 million fully guaranteed. If that comes from Atlanta and the Ravens aren't willing to pay it, then he's ready to be a Falcon. He is ready to prioritize contract desire over location. But what it doesn't say... And what Mike Florio reaffirms is that he wouldn't want it to be in Baltimore. Or that it couldn't be him just getting a number from someone else to go back and have the Ravens match it. So throw all that out the window. Throw anything out the window that involves you thinking that line in yesterday's report was some sort of dramatic, bombastic statement, which doesn't mean it couldn't still come. I keep wanting to make that clear. 
Maybe at some point in this process, Lamar Jackson will say, I'm done there. That's why there remains flexibility in the Lamar meter, right? Lamar, yeah. He could. He could wake up two weeks from now, and he could say, I'm sick of this. I don't think they've treated me right. I'm out. I Go back and say to the Ravens, if I am able to get a team to make an offer, don't match it. Or you better work out a trade. Because I ain't playing for you ever again. But it's not what he said yesterday, and we have yeah. no reason to operate with that. So, so. T- today, it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like he is no, I don't, ready. There's yeah. nothing that we have felt that has ever been... Again, even the frustration last week to me, I said then, y- you guys can read into it, like his Twitter stuff is anti-rate i didn't feel that even a little bit i felt it as he's sick of you telling him about his need for an agent when what he feels is i got the second greatest fully guaranteed offer in nfl history and all you want to do is tell me about how badly i need an agent and i'm pissed about that i'm sick of you feeling like you can keep telling me what i need to do i'm doing fine I want more than that. I'm going to keep negotiating for it. To Florio's point about the representative, that's sort of why I, I, I dismissed it yesterday. I was like, this is not a story. This isn't that big of a deal. If there are teams that are saying flatly, we won't talk to this person at all, then that becomes more significant. Now, that can be that person that can act as a secretary now. Okay, I'll get Mr. Jackson on the phone for you. And that was sort of what I pointed out when I was chatting about this with our friend John Colson yesterday. I'm like, it, I, we're, we're, we're making this seem like it's a bigger deal than it is. If this person calls a team and the team says, we don't want to talk to you, but Lamar wants to talk to that team, this person can get Lamar on the phone. Like, that can be done. So... They, they still uh, hold some validity, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I, I, and I'm not, again, I, I get it. I'm not saying that, that Mike Flores shouldn't have reported it. It's, it's relevant, but I just don't think it's the singular impediment in order to making something happen. Unless, for whatever bizarro world reason, Lamar Jackson says, no, you're either talking to this person or I'm not talking to you, which would be insane from someone that's trying to get a deal. But I don't know, man. <laughs> Here we are. We ha- we have a Lamarometer. Lamarometer, yeah. We have reached insane. So I, I don't know. I don't know what there is to say about any of this. Today's show also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. If you have a passion for service and you want a career for life, the Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com. 410-887-5542 is the phone number. Cadet salary started over $32,000 a year. Entry-level officers, over $60,000 a year. Lateral officers, $64,000 a year. And a $10,000 signing bonus is available for entry-level or lateral officers. Great retirement plans. Insurance benefits are impeccable. And there is opportunities to not only advance, but to move into specialization roles roles within the police department. We hear this all the time, like the military, right? Where you join the military, you're like, well, I'm going to go be on the front lines. Like, well, actually, no, there's a lot of things that you can do in the military. And it's not to that degree, 
But in the Baltimore County Police Department, there are a lot of specialist, uh, specialist opportunities available as well. Again, 410-887-5542. JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com is the phone number. All right. Uh, why don't we do Would You Rather Wednesday here? Right. We still have Anthony Walker from Miami, Perry Hall alum, scheduled to join us before the show is over. But why don't we get into Would You Rather Wednesday? Would You Rather Wednesday is brought to you by Birdland Sports. And we've got another uh, awesome T-shirt available for you today. On Twitter, I shared out the uh, Gunnar Henderson Maverick shirt, which is very cool. Yeah, that's the, um, I like that one a lot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, maybe you should participate in Would You Rather yeah. Wednesday. Maybe you should get in on that. Uh, I don't think we ever. I don't think we got one of those. Yeah, but I can, those. I can. I can. I can. Or maybe you can put it in an ask, right? Okay. Like maybe yeah. I'll have you email Josh about the last winner, or just go to BirdlandSports.com and buy your own. You jerk. They're great shirts, man. They're awesome. Which ones did you get? Uh, I have the G- Grace and Throwing Gas. Man. Oh, I do like that one. Yeah. That one's really good. I I wanted the Thank God I'm a Country Bird shirt. I might still have mm. to order that one. I'm wearing the Birds Are Coming shirt to opening day. That's a done i am wearing that shirt on opening day uh they're all available at birdlandsports.com by birds fans for birds fans great you know well-made products they're not going to fall apart with prices that are less than the big guys and they're a little bit more fun than the stuff that you find in like the official team shop or you know website they're just there's they celebrate the players a little bit more. They celebrate their personalities, the things that they're into. It's and the things that we're into as fans. The shirts are really cool, and there's other shirts. Not just actually, you know, I've pointed this out. It's not just you know baseball. They do, they do you know some Ravens football stuff, some purple stuff, absolutely. Just Baltimore stuff. Yeah. All available at Birdland Sports, BirdlandSports.com, and someone who participates in Would You Rather Wednesday today will win a shirt of this choice. <sighs> Everybody's today's a big day for Ryan Frazier. <laughs> it's a big Nobody's day. playing. If you are someone, no, 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 they're playing, but there's a lot of people that are trying to skirt well, the rules. Yeah. If you are someone who enjoys me chastising, I keep them, I keep them in the running, God, even I if they don't that. follow the rules. I hate that so much, but it's the way it works. They did respond. They did participate. They're just giant pieces of crap. Would you rather numero uno? Would you rather? The Colts do get an offer sheet. To Lamar. I don't care when you think. Th- Maybe this one clear. Don't tell me about how you'd rather. Uh, why would the Colts put in an offer sheet before the draft? The fourth pick's better than the. Don't tell me about. Although Mike Florio just pointed out the reason why you would do that is because somebody trades ahead of you to get the number three and you don't like the fourth quarterback in the draft. You really liked three quarterbacks in the draft and you know those three are now going to be off the board when you pick and you say, huh, well, we didn't want to. But now a fully guaranteed deal for Lamar Jackson feels better to us than Will Levis. We just don't like, or if you don't like Anthony Richardson, then if you if you love Lamar, it seems like you would be more inclined to like Anthony Richardson than Will Levis. But you get the point that I'm trying to make. Don't tell me about that. It's a game. You pick one or the other. Would you rather? The Colts get an offer sheet to Lamar Jackson. The Ravens don't match. Netting the number four overall pick, which you can use on a quarterback, and their first rounder next year, or after the draft, the Ravens do a sign and trade. Lamar goes to the 49ers for three first rounders, which feels more like what he's actually worth. But we assume because it's the 49ers with Lamar Jackson, they're probably all closer to the back end of the first round. Yeah, even without Trey Lance, it still feels like the Niners. Just because I feel like all the the quarterback. It sounds like the, the 
you're going to get the fourth best quarterback now at fourth overall. Like just the way everything's been playing out, like it seems like you you're convinced I really, somebody's I really, trading ahead the yeah, number yeah, three to yes. get another quarterback. Yeah. And it seems like Shroud, I, Shroud's my favorite quarterback in the class. Well, he's for, definitely not. I mean, he's one of the top yeah, two for yeah. sure. And it's so it sounds like he's, he might go one. Yeah. And then well, Bryce I mean, Young. like the thought is that's who they were moving up to get. But all you know, like Daniel Jeremiah is still sticking strongly with like Bryce Young's the best quarterback. But th- those two appear to be no, the the mm-hmm. first and second picks in this year's draft. Yes. So I don't know, like I, I I mean I guess at this point you have to take Richardson or Levis whoever's there at four, mm-hmm. but maybe the Ravens trade back if they get that fourth overall pick and they do I don't know just you know they just start preparing for Caleb Williams and going all going in full tank yeah. Okay. Um, I think the correct answer is the 49ers because okay. of yeah you know get Lamar out of the AFC. And Interesting. I don't want to. I don't want to have to deal with the project of Levis or Anthony. Richardson. By the way, the other part that nobody, a lot of the people that are are questioning this are also people that want to point out that Lamar gets hurt too much, and yet suddenly they're very convinced Anthony that the forty no that the forty oh, okay. will have back end picks in the first round every year. Well, if Lamar is so injury prone, maybe you're not as convinced. It's weird how both things are true, yeah. right? Like yeah. how both you don't think Lamar is worth this certain amount of risk because of he's so injury prone. But if we trade him to the 49ers, they're definitely going to be picking at the back end of the first round every year because Lamar's not going to get hurt again because he's only injury prone in Baltimore. <laughs> Just weird how both of those things, you know, end up getting measured. Just sort of weird. How that works out. All right. Um, it, it is coming heavier Colts than 49ers, just the appeal of the number four pick. There are some people like my guy Tim Horsey. I love Tim down at the Sirius XM who says, uh, if it wasn't the Colts, I'd say the first scenario. Finally rip the Band-Aid off and get the new quarterback to build around with some of the building blocks already in place. But screw the Colts. I'm going option number two. I think. I mean, I, I just really think fourth overall pick isn't enough at this point to get a quarterback that you feel really, really good about. I mean, specifically I mean, if you're convinced that a team's trading up for number three. I get. You, look, man, I could I can poke holes in both Levis and mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson, but in one of the like you have to have a quarterback. It's it's one of the problems here. You have to have a quarterback. So you can say all you want about trying to go get in a few people like Ken Zalas have brought up the idea of like tanking or using all of these picks that to, you have compiled yeah, in order to try to move up and get number one next year. But if the team that ends up with the worst record this year is a team that needs a quarterback, they're not, they're not trading out of that pick, no matter how many assets you have. If Caleb Williams is the guy that we all are talking about him as, they would say, you can offer me five first-round picks. I'm getting a generational built-to-win-now quarterback, the hell with all of your picks. No thank you. So that is the difficult part about saying, well, like, you know, get more assets because next year it's a better quarter. You've got to feel strongly about more than just Caleb Williams next year if that's the way that you're thinking in this process. And maybe some people do. You might love Sam Hartman. Drake May, is he? Uh, yeah, Drake May, I guess, would be next year, right? Like, you, you might love some of these other dudes, but... I'm not sure that I'll be able to join you in that. Like, I do not feel quite as strongly about the non-Caleb Williams quarterbacks in the 2024 draft as you do. I think there's Caleb Williams, and then there's everybody else. Quinn Ewers. 
Yeah. Is, is he? Yeah, yeah. Quinn That's Ewers. supposed to be like is if people think Quinn Ewers is like a top ten pick. Uh, that, he would have one to, of these websites. Yeah. He would have to drastically show me something else this season for me to buy into Quinn Ewers as being that type of player. Man, I am at the moment. I am not Spencer Rattler. It. Uh, oh God, Spencer Rattler is your answer. For what it's worth, WalterFootball.com has no other quarterbacks in the top ten next year. Uh, the next, in fact, their next quarterback is KJ Jefferson from Arkansas at number eleven. So John from Little Rock would be very happy, but I I don't really know all that yeah, much. Drake man, yeah, they don't have Walter either. Football. WalterFootball.com. Let me see if there's any other quarterbacks in the Shadur Shadir Sanders. Uh, Dion's. Oh, is he Dion's on the, is yeah, he on, he's on, on the list? Okay, man, I I like him, but yeah. As like an answer, I'm looking at NFLBuzz.com, NFL Draft. Oh, Buzz. Well, yeah, I mean that's a big one. Yeah. That's the, the basically the Bible of all of, all of these things. Everybody goes with NFLDraftBuzz.com <laughs> when they want definitive information. No offense, they might be very nice guys, and they might do a very good job, and they might be very plugged in. I just I don't know anything about them yet. There are no other quarterbacks uh, in Walter Football's mock for next year. So you can tell me all you want about next year's quarterbacks. And I'm sure that as the year goes on, some of these guys will elevate themselves into that conversation. Maybe getting Sam Hartman to Notre Talia. Dame. Who? Talia Tungvalu. There you go. <laughs> Could be in the conversation at that point. Uh, I am not feeling it, as the kids would say. I'm not feeling it. Uh, so so uh, your answer is the 49ers uh, as well? Uh, Proctor says maybe people think that all of the injuries are squarely on the shoulders of the athletic training staff. Yeah. And so if he gets away from Baltimore and goes to San Francisco – uh, also, some quarterbacks can be found later in the draft. I know a guy who was drafted at 32 recently and won an MVP. Yes, I do. I know that. John, thank you. <laughs> thank you, my friend. I know that. And Jalen Hurts wasn't even a first-round pick. I understand. Tom that Brady. It, it can happen. Thank you. Great point. <laughs> Are we just going to name things? Is that yeah. what this show is going to turn into? Name quarterback. Russell Wilson. Hey, <laughs> you're right. But he stinks now. Um, it's good for a little bit. He was. He was very good for a little bit. Dak Prescott was in a first round. I mean, there's we can do this forever. He hasn't won anything though, so do we know if Dak Prescott is really all that good? The moral of the story being that, of course, being you would have a better chance at getting that quarterback at that point. Maybe you're in love with Hendon Hooker, and maybe you'd be plenty happy. Although Daniel Jeremiah now I thinks know, Hendon Hooker is a pick. first round pick, a first round pick. In fact, one pick after the Ravens who he now has, I'm wondering if it was after we had that conversation last week, and he started thinking about like how delicious, because he was here. He knows how delicious it would be for it to be Joey Porter. But Daniel Jeremiah, in his most recent mock draft, now has Joey Porter Jr. falling to the Ravens, which would just that would be. be manna from heaven. The content that we would get out of Joey Porter Jr. as a Raven. The history lessons we'd be able to do for uh, guys like Griffin. Yes. Oh, God. I cannot ask for anything more than that. It would be delightful. Number two, would you rather? What was your pick, the 49ers? <sighs> I, I think you have to take the Colts. I think okay. it, it stink, you don't want to, but of the two scenarios, I think you have to. Because I do not believe that Lamar Jackson is injury-prone. Injury I do not believe. Mm -hmm. I am with everybody that thinks that Lamar Jackson with the 49ers would equal don't even bother playing the seasons. Just go ahead and, and advance to Chiefs 49ers in the Super Bowl every year for the next three years. So it'd be oh, that'd be a great that'd be a great. I mean, it'd be a hell of a series, the right? And the My God, Pat you know somebody brought that up. But I think Shauna was like, as a Lamar Jackson fan, I want him on the 49ers. It'd be the greatest thing for that him. Would, yeah, as you know, as a Lamar fan, it would yeah, be, right. You would be for us too. He's in the NFC. We don't. Yeah, <laughs> we right? can essentially root for him every week. If you're kind of accepting that, um, 
What is this? What is this? What? Somebody is claiming that Lamar... There's somebody on Twitter that's claiming like Lamar Jackson is sending private messages and that about wanting out of Baltimore. Uh, why Why did Someone. What is this? Uh, NFL Rums or something? I have no idea who it is. I'm not. I'm not going to... Um, I'm not, I'm not even going to respond to it. Is it Dove climbing? I don't think so. I don't, I have no idea. It's somebody messaged, Bishop Staten messaged us and said he pulled it from somewhere, Twitter. I, Lord, I don't have the time for this. We'll deal with it during the next commercial break and try to find out where it started from. Oh, oh. What? Oh, you I see just, it? Yeah, just see it. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it started from somebody <laughs> reputable, then we'll talk about it, but I, it could just be completely made up. Yeah, there's I mean. no way. <laughs> Like it seems very absurd. Oh, Lamar just in a con- casual conversation. With a random person on drops Instagram. a paragraph, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, again, unless we find out it's like it's like a teammate or something, you know, like unless we find out that the other person, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Hate, I hate Twitter. <laughs> I hate it. I hate That's why you love Twitter? Because of this? Yeah. No. All right, number two, would you rather – your uh, basketball player is never going to be good enough to play in the NBA. Would you rather be a, t- uh, a guy on a team that won a 16-over-1 game or someone who reached the Final Four? Um, I think I got to go with, you know, what Rita said. and I mean, unless you're going to be a 12-seed or lower and reach the Final Four, because otherwise I think it's going to be pretty, you know, it's going to be pretty unmemorable unless every single game is, like, literally like a buzzer beater and, and it's just a, an, an incredible – Incredulous run. We strongly disagree about this, by the way. I'm going 16th seed. Yeah. Okay. We strongly disagree about the Final Four. The when the when Maryland made their first Final Four, it was a transcendent moment in my life. Making a Final Four As is a like winning a yeah. championship. You get I, you get to cut down nets. You get to celebrate. You get to be part of the whole thing. You get to experience playing in a football stadium. In front of you know a hundred thousand people, you get to do things that a very small percentage of people will ever get to do. Now, there's a couple of things in here. Um, I, one of it is, admittedly, now, and John Proctor brought this point up, when it was just UMBC, then you were the only one, and so to me, the answer was obvious that it was sixteen over one. You were the only team that had ever done it. Now. Multiple teams have done it. We're maybe creating a scenario where another team has done it. At some point, it doesn't mean the exact same as it did the first time. The first time it happened, it was the most nothing. I said this about this isn't about my you know my my old man yells at Cloud Fairly Dickinson shouldn't have been there thing. Just it not being the first one does take something away from it. It's not the same. You can't compare Fairleigh Dickinson doing it to UMBC doing it because they weren't doing the impossible. UMBC did the impossible. It had never been done before. Now the more it gets done, the it's a cool moment. The other point that I would bring up is that a team that makes a Final Four run is not a Fairleigh Dickinson. It's maybe a Miami where you have yeah. played in big arenas, where you have played a lot of really meaningful basketball games during the course of your career has been more meaningful than just one win. To me, it's obviously the Final Four. And it would be a bummer to not win the title, to get there and not win, right? Like, to go through all of it, it would stink. But it's, like, it's almost loaded to me 
that the Final Four is the answer because I would have had a more meaningful career altogether yeah. in the process. I think I think it's it's a it, they're very different scenarios because yeah you're a Fairleigh Dickinson you're a UMBC you're not supposed to win anything. I understand that. And when you knock off Purdue or Virginia, it's I mean it's it's it just doesn't happen. It's not supposed to happen. I understand that. And so I, I guess I'm thinking you know from your point yeah if it's Miami if it's some other power five school and you make a run to the final four it is really great but I guess you know you don't get remembered the the only no no no. you might not get remembered at like Kentucky you might not get remembered at like North Carolina for being a team that made the final four there's a couple of schools where a final four appearance is not that big of a deal and that you would have to factor that in the equation I'm not Mm -hmm. telling you which school because if it was you're I mean if it was VCU you know it's not just I'm telling you if Miami makes the final four these players will never be forgotten about I remember that Danny Miller was on the Maryland's final four team and not on their national championship team that final four thing is overwhelming for schools that aren't there every year and there's only a couple of schools that are there every year. There's Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, Duke and Carolina. Carolina. That's it. At any other school in the country, making a Final Four, Michigan State's been there a lot, but it, not enough to, to make it not a big deal. At any other school, making well, a the Big final, Ten just isn't good. Yeah, it stinks. At any other school, making a Final Four is a massive accomplishment and is never forgotten about. That you made an NCAA tournament run, that you gave hope, and galvanized a community and a fan base the way that you did for a long time is unbelievably significant. Uh, your boy Sean's trying to, to, to call it up a little bit. You didn't say I can't win the national championship as the 16. Give me the 16 <laughs> and a chance. You, is that what you said? You see, if the if you're in the final four, you can't win. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's what I said. If you okay. make the final four, you can't. You're not winning the title. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. No, it's not. <laughs> Because reason can tell you UMBC you're not could, winning the title. They could, yeah, they could, they could they have. Can, they could. Who have. knows what happens if they beat K State there? You know. Who knows? They they don't. Um, that's the answer. And number three, would you rather last five years as an Orioles fan or last five years as an Angels fan? Um, I mean, it's it seems pretty easy to me to be an Orioles fan. I think. Really. I I, I mean, as exciting as it would be to, um, I guess yeah, to be able to watch Mike Trout and Shohei Otani every night, but. Your team is so bad. Like, I mean, it's far worse. The Orioles netted two n- number one overall picks yes, in this process. Correct. Which, I mean, as I, grueling I, and again, miserable I as it was for those three, four years. I think there's a which scenario, scenario was better, like, you know, for a, for a franchise. I think yeah. we all know the Orioles scenario was better for a franchise. But for actually being a fan and going to the stadium and, and night in, night out caring, oh, I don't think that's... I, I think that makes it a, ve- a much I mean, more difficult. They conversation. cared like through June, I guess. Like the Angels were still never really. But you could in still any. wake up one night in September and be like, Shohei Otani is pitching tonight. Yeah, I can go to the ballpark tonight and watch Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. I did that uh, in Baltimore when Otani came to Baltimore. Yes, for and for if it happens to work and out, the Orioles, and the Orioles beat the, beat them. They did. That's a fact. <laughs> when they were that did happen. Got the number one that did happen. Um. I don't think it's that simple. Again, I can, specifically because it's only the last five years, I have the ability now to, to re-pick up and be an Orioles fan again today and move forward with the Orioles and not with the Angels. Well, that's easy to me. Uh, to me, the answer is the Angels. It's the like, I, I, the idea that I, I get to watch transcendent baseball players every night. It's not it's, only it's that. Like if, if I show up and the Angels are playing you know, a, a good team, the Dodgers or the I'm Angels watching or transcendent baseball players all over the field. 
Whereas you never got that opportunity in in Baltimore over the last couple of until Adley Rutschman showed up. Like that that option didn't exist for you over the last five years. So knowing neither one of them are going to win, and that in this scenario again, I get to abandon. You get to go. Okay. I, I get mean, to just give it up and say, okay, that was fun for five years, but now I get to go root for the team that's on their way to winning. I think I feel like being in that eighty-one and eighty-one purgatory that the Angels are essentially I, in. I get it. It's, but the option, the alternative is you stink. I, I the guess, alternative I mean, is not watching a team that's winning ninety games. I guess it's really hard the for me. Alternative is it's watching. really hard to make an objective choice here. I guess since we're it, part kind of, of on the other we're, side, we're just used to like yeah. we took our medicine and we're like, well, you know what? We're better for it because we took our medicine. Well, I'm telling you, you don't have to take your medicine. You can take slightly more pleasant medicine. I mean, so like, do you want to be a? Uh, I'm trying to think of you know who the 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 Rams under Jeff Fisher. Uh, like just going seven and nine every well, year, or, want to or be the that. Lions. But if the Rams had Patrick Mahomes and Calvin Johnson, <laughs> and were going seven and, seven and nine every year, it would be a little bit different than you know being seven and nine with whoever what Mark Bolger <laughs> and I don't even know who their wide receivers were. Tory Holt, Tory Holt, Holt, I think he was gone by then. Okay. I think he was Doriel Green Beckham. <laughs> Tavon Austin, right? Yeah, Tavon Austin for sure. Yeah, Definitely. Well, he was, been he Sammy Watkins, you out there. right? Like, was he, was he a Ram? Was he ever a Ram? I no, feel like he, he was started. Who else? Who was a Ram was then? He? Was he a Ram? No, Sam, Sammy Watkins Sam was, was a bill. bill and a Chief. He was never a Ram. Yeah. Then who else was a There was somebody else who like was some, a Ram. Somebody, some speedster? Whatever. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> Tavon Austin, greatest Ram. Conti- continue to get <laughs> of my your, generation. Conti- yeah, sure. Continue to get me your responses. At Glenn, Clark, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Uh, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Someone is winning a, f- a shirt from Birdland Sports. Again, PressBoxOnline.com slash offers is the website. And Bet Fred is Maryland's newest sports book. They're up and running, $50, and you get up to $1,111 in bonus Fred bets. But you have to go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers to get those Bet Fred specials and other great sign-up deals. We come back in. This man has a chance to go to a Final Four. Perry Hall alum Anthony Walker from Miami joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19? CCBC has great news for you. We have funding available for short-term career programs like project management starting this March. Gain valuable skills to advance your career and get back on track. With CCBC's project management program, you'll learn how to effectively plan, organize, and execute projects. This is your chance to make a positive change in life. Contact us at 443-840-2222 or online CCBC 
www.mdmd.edu for more information. CCBC Project Management. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know what's on Grinder or anything, I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, the Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his busy schedule getting ready for the Sweet 16, but an opportunity to catch up with uh, a local kid who's still playing in the NCAA tournament. Here's Anthony Walker on GCR. Well, you guys, this is really cool for me. I think uh, most of you know because I talk about it regularly. I am a graduate of the Perry Hall High School, class of 2001. And I'm, I'm going to start to argue that maybe this man might be a slightly more accomplished graduate of the Perry Hall High School. Actually, he didn't even gra- he didn't finish at Perry Hall, but boy, did he do a lot of big things when he was at Perry Hall. Uh, he is now getting ready for the Sweet 16 and a date with Houston. He is a key reserve for Miami. He is Anthony Walker, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Anthony, it's yes, Glenn. Sir. It's so good to catch up, man. Chomp, chomp. Thank you for taking the time for us. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's going to be a great time. Hey, man. Uh, I'm so happy for you, dude. Can can you take me back? Like, I, I just when you knew, like growing up, hey, man, I'm, I'm a little bit better at this than some of these guys around here. I might be able to do this at a higher level. Yeah, so um, so I started Perry Hall during my 10th grade year of high school. And actually, I was I played JV during the time. So by the end of that season, 
And uh, when the varsity coach asked me to just pull me up to varsity just to experience the, the state run, I knew I was I had something going on. I no doubt. I just keep working. I could accomplish something. And, of course, those, for people that don't know, those are really good teams, right? LaQuil Hardnett and, yeah. and Andy Higgs were there. Um, sure. What did it mean to you? I, I, did you have any idea of how significant it was for Perry Hall to win a state title like before you got there? Did you know how big of a deal it was for the school to be able to accomplish that? I actually didn't because I, I didn't really know much about the school until it was the school in my area and the school I had to go to. So, But when, when I got pulled up and, and when we started getting closer and closer to the state championship games and I started to realize the history of the school yeah. and how it's never happened before – and the energy started to rise, I just started to understand, like, okay, we're doing something special here. Dude, I mean, like, really, I'm talking, like, people that hadn't been around in decades were, like, we were texting each other, like, are you guys paying attention to what's going on? It was a really, (laughs) bro, when I was at Perry Hall, basketball barely existed, man. (laughs) Like, it was not on the map at all. It was an incredible thing. Um, How much pride do you have? You know, this is what jumps out at me, dude. It's really cool for me to watch you because you were a Gator, but one of the things that's really remarkable for me to see is just someone who came from the public school path. And right. I'm not trying to portray like Perry Hall as being, you know, a, 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 de- a dirty place or something like that. But it, it ain't glamorous, obviously. Like, it is not the prep school that other places, even where you ended up at Brewster, like, it's not that. How much more do you think right. you were prepared for the, how difficult it is trying to grind just to get on the floor playing at this level based on being somewhere where not everything was given to you? Right. That's a great question because Perry Hall, I mean, Perry Hall is home in a way because I went, I went to school there, but it, like you said, it, it is not glamorous. And mm-hmm. at the time we was going, we was going through significant issues with the school and violence and stuff like that. But it's just, just understanding that you have to do whatever you have to do to put the work in to be where you want to be. So, and of course, the the winning and the state championship helped put the school on the map. Yep. To bring more eyes to the school with McQuill, great things in college right now. He's having a significant year. Anthony Higgs during the time was a great, great big asset to the team. So, just bringing eyes to the team, all of us working hard, staying undistracted, and just just focusing on what we what was important then just helped us all. That's awesome, man. I'm so happy for you. Anthony Walker is with us here on GCR from Perry Hall to now uh, back in the Sweet 16 this year with Miami. Um, Anthony, when you when you arrived at Miami, it wasn't easy. Uh, for the Obviously, it wasn't easy for anybody in the world for a little while there. But you guys went through some tough times. What clicked over the last couple of years that you now are back in the Sweet 16 again? You were ACC regular season champions this year. What changed over the course of the last couple of seasons? Um, it's, it's crazy because the only thing that really changed dramatically was the roster. And, and, and I'm, I'm not saying the players that I played with weren't great players because they were. But it was just like the coaches made a change in the roster, a, a little bit of change in the game plan, and, and, and brought in the right pieces, and we just started to make a change. Coach Ellis is, is extremely big on, on routine. So he's been doing the same thing since I've gotten here. Same routine, same timing, same schedule. So... Not really much has changed. It's just the mindset of certain people have changed, and we just decided to put our heads down and, and started winning because winning is fun. Yeah, that's what we try to cheer. Yeah, it's paying off, man, <laughs> big time. Um, a- yeah. Anthony, your path is really interesting to me because we're in an era of college basketball with transfer portal, where if you're somewhere and and we know what kind of athlete are you are, we know what kind of player you are. 
it it might be easy for some people to say, Anthony, why don't you just go somewhere else? Will you be playing, you know, thirty four minutes a game, something like that? Right. Why did you decide that you wanted to stick it out at Miami and see this thing through, even though you've got to fight for minutes, you've got to work your way off the bench, and you got to scrap to make sure you're getting your chances? Right, and this is this is uh, all tips off my head to going to Brewster and, and for Brewster for preparing me for this because you just got to realize that some things are just bigger than yourself. The sum is bigger than the parts. So what we're trying to accomplish here is ex- more important than my playing time. Wow. It's more important than my points per game. It's more important than, you know what I'm saying, my stats. So we're trying to do something that's never been done here before. Last year we made a historic run for the first time we went the furthest that we've ever went in school history. This time we're trying to do it again, but even bigger. So just trying to understand that things are bigger than yourself. That's a really, like, how important is it? You mentioned Coach Ell a minute ago, and you know, I think he's always been a fascinating character for me going back to his time at George Mason. How much do you have to have trust in him, in those relationships, that you're willing to buy in and say, okay, I know I'm here because we have a legitimate chance to win a championship? Yeah, the trust factor has to be there 100%. You cannot, you cannot doubt. They're, they're, he's here to do a job. He's hired people around him to do the job to help us succeed. And we had to come and do our part. We got to come and give them 100% effort every day. Uh, make sure that we're 100% committed. So just, just, just hoping and trusting that they play, that they uh, play their part. They do their jobs. And of course, Coachella's numbers speak for itself. He's been doing it for a long time. No doubt. He's been to the tournament. He's. He's won, so just to trust in somebody who has the credentials and the numbers to show is very easy. Anthony, the way you're talking about it, I I know a lot of people were surprised that you went and beat Indiana, but I'm guessing you guys weren't at all. Like, you guys knew the entire time, and I'm going to guess that you guys are not in fear whatsoever in going up against a team that a lot of people think is the favorite to win the title in Houston on Friday night. Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Coachella's big on um, representing our our league. the critics don't really represent our league as well. They think other leagues are maybe more competitive, you know what I'm saying, more physical mm-hmm. than our league. And we just, we take that to the chin. We wear that like a chip on our shoulder, like a plot of armor. We're from the ACC. We think we're from the best team, I mean, the best conference in the, in the world. So we're trying to go out there and prove it. And Houston is just in our way right now. You know, it's funny you bring up the chip on the shoulder because I talked to, you know, I had um, uh, Ace Baldwin on last week, right, as VCU had just won the A-10. Mm-hmm. And, and he fits, like, what so many people have is their picture of, like, a Baltimore basketball player, right? Undersized, mm-hmm. that type of toughness anyway. You clearly are not undersized, right? Like, that's not right. part of your story. But do you carry that mentality with you the same way of, you know, you come from a place where people are regularly overlooked? And I, we talk about it so many times with Baltimore players where, like, D.C. guys, Philly guys, New York guys, get all the attention. Mm-hmm. Um, do you carry a little bit of that with you, despite the fact that you are clearly, size is not the reason why people are overlooking you, but do you still carry that kind of toughness, that chip-on-your-shoulder mentality? Of course, that's just how, we, how we're raised. Yeah. That's how we're raised. We always feel like our back against the walls, and, and no one ever pay attention to our city because of the things that go on in our city. So that's just something we wear with pride. Like We're, bas- we're Baltimore basketball players playing at the highest level of the game achieving the highest of achievements and that's, that's something that we're we're all striving to be we're all striving to do and, and i tip my hat off to ace because ace had an incredible year i was paying attention dude he played extremely well so tip my hat off to ace uh ace ace is a great player you know i played aau ball with him too so that's cool man wait were you yeah, was that was fair. that was, were you team sizzle was that where you were uh no i played for uh, t- uh baltimore basketball club okay all right he played with us 
All right. Yeah. All right. I mean, I because I, I remember him playing with Noah Locke on Team Sizzle. Like, yo, what about that? Yeah, back? he did. That backcourt is nuts, man. Like, that is crazy. Um, wh- what would it mean, Anthony Walker, with us here in GCR, Miami getting ready to play Houston? What would it mean to you for this to go one step further? And like, obviously, the goal is the championship, but for this weekend, you guys to cut down some nets and go to the Final Four. Can you possibly describe as someone who grew up watching this game? What that feeling would mean to you, Anthony? Uh, it would mean the world. Just making it to the Elite Eight last year just meant the world. So I can only imagine taking that one step further and being the one of only four teams left in college basketball playing. It's something everyone dreams of doing. It's an atmosphere everyone dreams of being in. I just We see it as a team, and I just can't wait to turn that into fruition. So. It would, it, would, it would mean absolutely everything to me. It would be a dream come true. Can I assume, based on, again, that mentality coming up from Baltimore, that you kind of love the idea of being the underdogs? Like, you know everybody's looking past you. Everybody's talking about Houston as a title. Like, do you kind of relish and love the fact that that's the way that it's working and you have a chance to prove everybody wrong? Of course. Of course. Of course. It gives me the idea that we have everything to gain and nothing to lose. <laughs> so let's just go out there and play as hard as we can. And and no matter the outcome, at least we can say we play as hard as we can. And if you look over us, you're going to be real surprised on the, on the ending. Man, I, dude, I'm so excited for you. Okay, so I have to ask, uh, before I let you go, when, when I was in school, the big joke to play on everybody at Perry Hall was to tell a freshman – to try to go up to the fifth floor because that's where the pool was. Like, go go all the way to the – it's up there. Like, go all the way up. It's on the fifth floor and, and and see if they attempted to do it. Did you guys still play that joke all these years later? You know, it's, I've never been to the fifth floor. There, there is no – that's the joke, right? There is no fifth floor. Like, it's, Yeah, there it's, is no fifth floor, but there's, like, elevators and stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's – there's a lot of floors in that school, but there, I don't think there is a fifth floor. There is four floors. Or, I mean, I, I, by the way, again, I say that. I haven't even been back in almost a decade at this point. Right. There were There were four <laughs> floors, and so we would always say, like, no, go to the fifth. You have to get off the elevator. You have to go find the stairs up to the fifth floor and see uh-huh. who we could get to actually buy into it. Like, that was always yeah. the attempt that we made to try to mess with kids when we were at Perry Hall. I don't know. I yeah. probably had to die at some point. <laughs> yeah, I think that died by the time, by the time I got there. <laughs> uh, Anthony Walker, we're so happy for you, man. Where can people be giving you a follow, social media-wise, uh, Twitter, Instagram, NIL stuff, anything like that? Yeah, my Instagram is just the Anthony Walker, T-H-E-A-N-T-H-O-R-Y-W-A-L-K-E-R. Okay. And, and yeah, I just be on there a lot, so the best place to reach me is there. Uh, Anthony, congratulations, brother. You are you're making everybody in Perry Hall so proud. Uh, it would mean the world you, to bro. to see you cut down. You have you have no clue, dude. The goosebumps it would give me to see you guys cut down the nets in Houston in a couple weeks. I there would be no words to describe that, man. Congratulations on everything. That means a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you for doing this with us this morning, bro. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, bro. This was a great conversation. It's Anthony Walker. Um, you know, again, selfishly. I, it would mean a lot to me. I would like to hope that everybody else in Baltimore would get on board with the one kind of Baltimore kid that's left here. Yeah, I don't know why you did this to me because I have Houston winning it all. So ah, now, yeah, how do a little I? Little conflicted, huh? Yeah, actually, it makes me even run a route for them more. Actually, I don't care if you win. I don't care if you by all means go win. What do I care? <laughs> like, I, my my Baltimore parlay didn't do great last week as oh, Providence. Had, oh, Utah did you State. take them both? Yeah, well, I just parlayed all oh, three. You took because, all of them. Yeah, uh, because why? Why wouldn't I? VCU, Providence, yeah. Utah State. Didn't make it out of the first round. Not a great start. Not a great start at all. I guess uh, Juju did win a game. Yeah, he did win a game. In the NCAA tournament. So 
there's that. Um, but yeah, Anthony Walker, kind of the last guy standing at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he's a reserve, but it's interesting listening to him talk about that. Like why, for someone with his size and his skill, like if he were to go... To Fairleigh Dickinson. Well, not even to Fairleigh Dickinson. Yeah. Even to like the A-10. Right. You know, even just not the ACC would probably... I mean, obviously he was in the CAA. Jesus Christ, he'd be the best player in the league. But if he was even to go down slightly, you know, Conference USA, something yeah, like that. Charlotte or... Yeah, yeah. Like, he would probably dominate. And yet, it's cool to hear him talk about, hey, like, the process. And it's okay to go through adversity. And it's just an interesting perspective from someone who... Yeah, that guy, in almost every other situation... Now, look, it's unfair to compare him to Ike Cornish, because Ike Cornish didn't play at all, right? So Ike Cornish, if he missed it yesterday, is going to leave Maryland. It's a bummer because he was a Baltimore kid. And once upon a time, Ike Cornish was a really highly thought of prospect. Went through an injury, you know, coaching change. It just never clicked. He didn't play at all this season. And before the year, I remember asking Kevin Willard about, like, the Baltimore kids on the team. And it you could tell. <laughs> like, you could tell he was not high on Ike Cornish. Like, the, and he was never, he would never trash him. He would never do that. But just in listening to the answer, I was like, oh, yeah, he's not really part of the the, the, the plans the here. here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not, I don't blame Ike Cornish at all. You got to, whether that ends up being another high major or whether he ends up going the path of, let me go to a either a, a mid major or a lower like the A ten is a league I keep coming up with. A ten is legitimate basketball in a league where multiple teams can make the NCAA yeah. tournament. They just had a really down year this year. They had a down year this year, but typically the A ten didn't they still get a second team? Didn't no VCU I believe was the only was the one. only team because Day- Dayton would have been the other. Yeah, I think. Dayton would have been the second. Yeah, and I guess you're right. That yeah. was the only team that got in. But most years it's a league that can get multiple teams in the NCAA tournament. Um. So I always use them as, like, the West Coast Conference has become that because both Gonzaga and St. Mary's are powers now. But, like, BYU's gotten in some years in the West Coast Conference. The WAC has always, not uh, sorry, the Mountain West has always been that league where, you know, Utah State didn't win the league but got into the tournament anyway this year. Boise State, yeah. Boise State. Like, they, those leagues exist that are not, it's not maybe fair to call them mid-majors, but they're not high majors either. And you wonder if that's the place where Ike Cornish could go and find a nice role that he wouldn't even have to come all the way down to it. You know, it'd be great if he wanted to choose to go to Towson or yeah, something like that great. and come to the CAA. That'd be neat. Uh, that'd be a great. Maybe it'd be a swap, right? Ike, yeah. Cornish, for we, Ike Cornish for Nick Timberlake, that'd right? Good, like, I'm, I'm okay given the that. circumstances, yeah. yeah, knowing that you're not getting Nick Timberlake back, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you deal with that 100. percent um, But Anthony Walker said, "No, I'll be, I'll be a role player. I'll be a guy that does what I'm asked to do." for a good team that has an opportunity to go do something special. And I think that's a cool story. And if Houston's not 100% on Friday night, if, you know, Sasser is still limited with the groin injury, I think they got a chance. I think they got a a legitimate chance. If Sasser's 100%, tougher, tougher for sure. But, you know, there's an opportunity on the table there. So uh, good for Anthony Walker. I appreciate him taking the time for us. All right. Winding down for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Uh, Gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. That's Gunnar Henderson. There he is. He's on the cover. Go pick it up today. What you got? Uh, Willis Reed did pass away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't have week. any yeah. personal connections. to. Will. Obviously, we always, anytime a player gets hurt during a game, we always associate that. Like, that's the reason why even kids know who Willis Reed is, mm-hmm. is because, like, you know, Ray Allen leaves with cramps, and or was, that, was it Paul Pierce? It was Paul Pierce, yeah, was right? Paul. Paul Pierce leaves with cramps, and we're all like, maybe he's going to have his Willis Reed moment. Like, Willis Reed became, you know, as- associated with dramatic returns, even in other sports, right? Like, if, if somebody gets hurt in a football game... Lamar Jackson. And comes back later. Well, yeah, that, somebody has to poop. Yeah. Um, and comes back later. We might even still describe that as a Willis Reed moment. Like, Willis Reed became individually associated forever. Even if you know nothing about the Knicks, nothing about basketball of that generation, you might be familiar with Willis Reed because he gets referenced every time a player gets hurt but comes back into the game. We compare it to Willis Reed. Um, he is one of only three players to ever win the All-Star Game MVP, the Finals MVP, and the season MVP in the same season. Do you think you can name He was the first to ever do this, and yeah, he thinks he can name know the other two. Like, it's kind of it's that's the, easy. the All-Star MVP part is the part. Because, yeah. like, like, okay, so give me the list again. Uh, All-Star Game MVP, Finals MVP, yeah. and the regular season so MVP. So, like, I'll guess LeBron James. Not LeBron. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan did this twice, yes. Kobe Bryant. Not Kobe. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Yep, Shaq. Okay. Yeah. Willis yeah. Reed was the first to, to accomplish okay. this feat. Willis Reed. Yes. Uh, so stemming from yesterday's tidbit where we did you know, the same the s- same school, eliminating the same school in the men and women's tournaments, uh, I wanted to see if you could name, there have been 10 instances in which the same school made the Final Four in both uh, both tournaments. This has happened 10 times, or 10 schools rather. It's been done multiple times by so these one are, school. So these are obviously more good ones. But again, they only had to be good for a year. Mm. Uh, UConn. UConn has done it four times. The only team to do this multiple. Duke. Uh, Duke. Never the same year? Oh, uh, okay. yeah, they did. Yeah. 1999. They were the second team to ever do this. Carolina. Um, Which Carolina? Oh, okay. I didn't realize. Oh, I guess a couple years ago with South Carolina would have happened, yeah. So, that yeah, that was when yeah. it was. 2017 South well, Carolina. Well, you asked that. I know yeah. it's not North Carolina. That North Carolina has to. not done this. Yeah, and that's a little surprising because mm-hmm. North Carolina women's basketball was pretty good for a while, but and I get it. Um, Louisville. Uh, yes, Louisville in 2013. How about Baylor. Baylor has not done this. I mean, it's the men are the problem there, right? Because obviously under Kim Mulkey, Baylor was really good. Mm. Mm. They get less obvious now as we go further down the list. Yeah. They're less, uh, just because, yeah, it's kind of like... The you got to figure out when they just both happen to be good at the same time, and that's more difficult. So I'll just start throwing... Uh, UCLA... Not UCLA. USC. Not USC. Arizona. Not Arizona. Darn. Darn. Um, well, it's falling. It's falling off now. I thought. Well, yeah. I mean, like it's it gets it's more crapshooty now. Virginia was good for a while. Not Virginia. Great. It's uh twenty. 20- In- Indiana. Not Indiana. The ACC team in twenty sixteen. ACC team in twenty sixteen. Men's team made quite a run. Shut up. Okay. Shut up. ACC team 2016. 2016. 
2016. Okay, I'm going school by school and struggling to figure out who this would be that, that isn't somebody we've already named. Florida State? Not Florida State. Oh, Notre Dame? Not no, Notre Dame, They didn't Dame, make a Final Four run. Yeah, no. what the hell are we talking about? What are the... It's not Syracuse. It is Syracuse. Syracuse, Syracuse. women's team made a... Yeah, in twenty sixteen they did. I don't remember that at all. I remember the men's team because the men's team was I think it was an eleven seed that year. Man, or, I, I or do like, not remember their no, I I like I vaguely remember but I don't remember their women's team ever making a deep run. I, I, I sorry, Proctor's been getting guesses mm-hmm. in. Uh he wants to know Stanford. That's a good guess. I like Stanford. It's not Stanford, yeah. Uh he says Wisconsin. Not Wisconsin. I happen to know it's not Maryland Proctor and Florida. Not Florida. There's one more Big Ten team. One more Big Ten team. Indiana, did I say them? No, yeah, you did say Indiana. Not Indiana. Ohio State. Not Ohio State. Michigan State. Michigan State in 2005. Got an SEC team. Two SEC. Big Twelves. Tennessee, two two Tennessee, SECs. Tennessee. Just not by, Tennessee. Yeah, not Tennessee. Making a final, yeah. final. Two SECs. Two Big Twelves. Two SECs. Two Big Twelves. Uh, Mississippi State. Not Mississippi State. LSU. Yeah, that was the last one you said yesterday. I think. It was. And that ended up Missouri? being the answer. Uh, not Missouri. Not uh, or, you said LSU, right? I did say LSU. LSU yes. was the answer. Okay. 2006 LSU. Okay. Um, another SEC team, Georgia. Uh, um, yep. Georgia was the first team. Georgia 1983. Making, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just don't know. They're <laughs> men making a Final Four. Uh, They're the first team to accomplish. Uh, Proctor, this. he said Big Twelve, so it's not Oregon. Uh, Big Twelve, so that leaves us with Texas. Texas in 2003, and the year before that, Oklahoma. Yep. All right. <laughs> there we go. SEC powers, Texas yeah. and Oklahoma. Very good. Thank the you. The Syracuse thing in twenty six because it was in, when I was in high school. So our yeah. like all our home rooms did like this uh like this kind of like a a March Madness thing and our room just got like assigned Syracuse. So we were like, Oh well we're never gonna win like our What did our, you get out of it? Uh, well we, we you do like a door decorating competition. But thing, do you and get a prize you, for yeah, it? Or yeah, you just, I think yeah, I think so. Do you get like a I day off I, school yeah, no, or a pizza like, party yeah, or yeah, something? Like a pizza party, I, think, well, I do something. enjoy it. I yeah. did always enjoy a pizza Either that party. or ice cream, something like that. Hey man, but I'll take all those. I remember we were like we had to like make our door like Syracuse themed or something. God, I always loved it in elementary school when it was a pizza party and you knew it was still gonna be the crap like school pizza, but you didn't care. It was just the premise of there yeah, being a. You didn't have to do party. school. Other, the big one for us in elementary school was uh, Chapel Hill Elementary School did popcorn and punch parties, and popcorn like and in hindsight, that is nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. But we were so excited to win a popcorn and punch party, baby! Oh, the alliteration—that's what we did it. Rolling with it. Tubular brought to you by Pressbox Online. All of a sudden, everybody is blowing up my phone. I don't know what's going. Did I? Did I get in trouble? Well, you did make like ten phone calls during the. Oh, right. Yeah, I got to do. I got to host on 1057 tonight. I don't know if that's what everybody's calling me about. I'll be on tonight. Uh, Cordell's out, so I'm in for Cordell tonight, 7 to 10 over on 1057. The fan, no idea what will be going on there because it's hard enough to book this show. And I thought Rita was doing it with me, but then she was like, oh, no, sorry. I, I can't do that. Damn. Damn. They're not already agreed to do it, so I don't want to bail them. Like, it's a whole thing. Whole thing. All right. You can, uh, do, it. You can do it. I believe in you. Yeah, I mean, no, I'll be fine, Griffin. I am a professional. I just don't really like doing those shows. The like, show, or just I would just buy yourself. My deal when I went back when they asked me about it, it was like I'll do it with Rita, but I wasn't, you know. But I'm fine. It's fine. I I appreciate being asked. It's fine. It's one night. I'll be f- totally fine. It just I wanted to do it with Rita. Yeah, <laughs> that was the yeah. point. She really screwed it up. Thanks for nothing, Rita. Maybe you can take the lamometer with, with me. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do that. 
Not their bit. Uh, baseball betting is here. Bet $50 with Maryland's newest sports book, Bet Fred, and get up to $1,111 in bonus Fred bets, along with other great incentives and promos when you sign up through pressboxonline.com slash offers. Baseball futures bets, season specials, and player award bets are already live in Maryland. So go to pressboxonline.com slash offers now for your shot at winning big with Bet Fred. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. Um, and still no NCAA tournament that doesn't get back till tomorrow. But the Orioles are on TV again this afternoon. They're on MLB Network Whoa. today against the Blue Jays. Dean Kramer on the mound against Jose Barrios at 1 o'clock. MLB Network also has Angels, Rockies at 4, Padres, Reds at 9. Maryland women's lacrosse against Penn at 5 o'clock on ESPN. Plus, the CBI championship throughout all the records when Eastern Kentucky and Charlotte get together. At Eastern five. Kentucky. I bet Jameer Young's regretting leaving now. Yeah. He could have yeah. been playing for the CBI title. Eastern Kentucky has played, this will be their fourth game in four days, and they played overtime. They did Jeez. double overtime last night and then single overtime in the Jesus. first two games of the CBI. Uh, so it's so, like they okay. it's like they played four games in three days now essentially. That's wild. <laughs> Some more uh, NIT tonight too on ESPN two. Wizards Nuggets at seven o'clock on NBC Sports Washington. TNT as Penguins Avalanche at eight. Coyotes Oilers at ten thirty. ESPN as Warriors Mavericks at seven thirty. Suns Lakers at ten. Uh, men's lacrosse tonight on ACC Network. North Carolina against High Point at seven. ATP uh, and WTA Miami Open, which is a big event on the calendar, gets underway. Of course, uh, Carlos Alcaraz won at Indian Wells, as did uh, uh, Elena Rabakina. So they shift to Miami. This is a, this, they call it the Sunshine Double. I know you know that. Who am I telling, Griffin? Yeah. The Sunshine Double at Indian that, yeah. Wells in Miami. Uh, coverage day on the Tennis Channel. Also, the Match Play event gets underway on uh, the Golf Channel at 2 o'clock and TBS for AEW Dynamite tonight at 8 non-sports you filled out a bracket i'm sure for the match play. yeah well i know nadal dropped out of the like the world rankings top 10 right or something oh did he i don't know is that a big deal i don't know i saw that no if he shows up at the french open he'll be the favorite to win i mean he probably won't be the favorite anymore but he'll definitely have a chance to win if he's healthy and he plays the french open uh new episode of survivor tonight on cbs i don't have to tell you about the late night stuff because there's actual stuff uh tonight finally comedy central is doing a new series it's called digman it's like just the first time since 2005 that he's out of the top 10 wow but it's it doesn't matter. It's it's a formality. Uh, it's called Digman, and it's a show. It's like it's like a you know an adult animation show on Comedy Central. Andy Samberg plays Rick Digman, Digman, and it's like archaeologists are essentially like superstar celebrities. It's kind of like I guess Indiana Jones, but uh, more more. He he talks like Nick Cage. He does his Nick Cage impression the entire time. Okay. And I don't know. To me, I honestly, think I, saw, I think I saw something for it, and I yeah. was like, why? Honestly, to me, whatever. it doesn't look. It looks kind of dumb. I love Andy Samberg, but I, like here's the problem. I like Andy Samberg too, but it's something that certain people aren't willing to admit. Like when Kyle was producing the show, he never wanted to admit it. Like he swore that Hot Rod was a brilliant movie. It's not. It actually stinks. Now I get it. You kind of put up you. I can put up with it because it's Andy Samberg, and I like Andy Samberg. But it's not a good movie. It's not. It's not at all. Pop Star was a good concept. Oh my god, Pop Star's amazing. It was a good concept. Pop Star's hilarious. It was an okay movie. Pop it Star was, was an, great. It was an okay movie. It was a great concept. The songs were great. It, I think. it was an okay movie. It was not transcendent. Everything else it was not everything brilliant. else did enough. It was okay. Right? Remember, and it was worth watching. Remember Bill Hader's character? Yes, I remember everything. It was worth watching the film, but it was not a transcendent, <laughs> iconic comedy. I don't know. I don't, I'll say, I don't think Andy Samberg's a movie star. Oh. I think he is a really great sketch comic. I thought he was a way better 
you know, Brooklyn Nine Nine was oh, was Brooklyn phenomenal. Nine-Nine. Was phenomenal. I love it. And I think he was better as, you know, an, an, a role actor in that movie than I, or in that TV show than I expected Andy Samberg to be. I just don't think he's a movie star, and that's fine. Like I don't. Th- few comics are reliable movie stars. I mean, Will Ferrell made a ton of turds. Like, he made some really good movies that would be remembered forever. He also made Kicking and Screaming. Like, he made some turds. Very few comics. Nothing wrong with Kicking and Screaming? No, there's a lot wrong with Kicking and Screaming. When I was little and I watched it, there's nothing wrong oh, for God's sakes. Anyway, what else? Um, I think I'm going to watch Hot Rod tonight. Oh, good. Go uh, new episode of Mandalorian, new episode of The Bad Batch. Uh, net fi- finale's next week uh, for the season okay. season two of Bad Batch. Um, okay. Waco American, po- American oh, Apocalypse I did want to watch this. is on Netflix. Yeah, but this is like post-Waco? I, I, it looks like it's just kind of, it's yeah. essentially a documentary. Is yeah, what that's it looks what I like. thought. Yeah. Um, but I think it's about where how we went from Waco to where we went, ended up as a country or something uh, like that. Like I, I honestly, it looked really interesting when I saw it, but I don't know. Yeah, I have not much knowledge about this. Um, well, but, for someone your age, you would have yeah. to have watched the the Waco. There was a doc, or uh, not was, doc. There was, a, I think, a Showtime a, a, series. Yes, a Showtime series a couple yeah. years ago. You would have had to have watched that because otherwise, someone your age, it, you might be vaguely aware of what happened at Waco and David Koresh and all that, but like, it doesn't register yeah. to you the way it did to someone who was you know alive at the time and. You know, living it on a day-to-day basis. Gotcha. And then uh, the episode of Ted Lasso, episode two. Oh, right. It's Wednesday. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Very good. I'll look forward to watching that. Thanks today to uh, Rita, although no thanks to her as well for ba- for bailing on me. Thanks to Mike Florio. Thanks to Anthony Walker from Miami. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hit section of the- Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, on the show tomorrow, we'll catch up with uh, Brene Alexander, speaking of players getting ready for the Sweet 16. Um, Maryland's taking on Notre Dame in the Sweet 16, and we will pre- that, preview that with Brene Alexander. Also, Brian Rupel, goalie. For Maryland's lacrosse team, who we were talking about with Patrick Stevens yesterday, had just an insane sequence at the end of the game in order to preserve overtime and allow Maryland the opportunity to get the ball back and beat Notre Dame over the weekend. Anything else tomorrow? Stuffing things. Okay. All right. Stuffing things. All right. Very good. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, CCBC, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass on Twitter. Follow us at Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go nobody at all. Duke sucks.